Hello, and welcome back to Chainsaws and Claws, a killer monster podcast. I'm Rob the Slasher Junkie. I'm Patrick Vicious. And um, this is a very special episode because this is our one-year anniversary episode. Um, we've been doing this for, ex- well, not exactly one year at the time of this recording, but uh, <laughs> we, we were doing this the, a year already. And um, uh, we thank you for listening to us for, you know, this this whole year it's been very exciting also wanted to give a special shout out to 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 everyone who made our no one will save you episode uh our most popular episode because oh did it go to the top okay i wasn't sure you never updated me it is it is right at the heels of being our number one episode okay and that burns you up inside (laughs) i i don't i have no idea why this man keeps saying this (laughs) like 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 you, that that shit annoyed me when you posted in uh, in the in the in the the story on Instagram. The episode Rob doesn't want you to hear is like this man. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like it, it, it wasn't anger. It was shock. You know what I'm saying? It's like all all I did was just like check the next day to see like you know, like how did it do? Like you know for his first day. You know what I'm saying? Because I regularly like you know just to see how episodes are doing. And that shit was like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, how, how, how the hell is Because, like, I mean, we, we, you know, in the first day, they do well. But I never expected it to do that well. You know what I'm saying? That shit was just like, that shit was pew! You know what I'm saying? Holy shit. And then Patrick was like, I, I, I don't know whether you're angry or not. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just shocked. And then he just went and was like, it's burning Rob up inside. Everyone's listening to this episode. It was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened to that one. And we, we'd be glad you enjoy it so much. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, other than that, let's get on with our episode to today. This is a start of a new mini series. That uh, me and Patrick uh, quelled together. It's called uh, 1990, the year of Dürer horror. Uh, Brad Dürer released three horror movies in the year of 1990, um, and this was one of them. It's probably the 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 best one. I guess I like that you're like <laughs> he released three movies. This was one of them. It sounds like you're insulting it. It's like it doesn't sound like a like a compliment. No, 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 no. It, 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 as as you will hear during this discussion, uh, I, I I I very much love this movie, and that is um, The Exorcist Three, or William Peter Blatty's. I was gonna Exorcist say 3. that he put his name at the top of it, so like you should probably just throw no, that in there. No, no, no. Isn't the full title William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist Three Legion? Probably because he it was based apparently on his book Legion. Although it's yeah. funny because like um I've never read the book so I have no idea, but um I do think it's funny that like um uh apparently like I know like the, basically the studio was basically the one that did it, but like it kind of kept getting dragged into places where I'm like I don't know if it it actually resembles the book anymore, and I honestly don't know because I said I've read the book, but like I know like I watched like the Legion cut and the regular cut of this, and um I was like wow like. If the Legion cut is closer to the, to the book, then like the regular cut is really far. Although I would I would say superior, but yeah, um, I uh, was was a huge fan of this movie for for a while. Um, I saw it 
for the first time, uh, I want to say in my 20s, in like, you know, that old uh, Snapcase uh, DVD. I actually have that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I still have mine. Uh, as well as the the the, the Blu-ray and the, the 4K that they just released with um, by uh, Screen Factory. Uh, so like, and I knew that uh, for for a while that the, the film was altered from Blatty's original uh, version because uh, his original version had no exorcisms in it. Yeah, and uh, well, I think it's, not, it's funny. Is apparently I, my favorite thing is like the studio was like. It's like we want to make Legion a movie. It's like, oh, cool! And he like signs a contract. He's like, we're gonna call it Exorcist Three. He's like, what? <laughs> it's just like, it's like you already signed the contract. It's too late now. And it's just like, it's like everything about it. We're just like, you can just kind of see all the things where like William <laughs> Peter Black was just like, just the compromise after compromise after compromise. Yeah, yeah. He was like, could can can we not call it Exorcist Three because? That means uh, we're counting Exorcist 2, and I don't fucking want to count Exorcist 2. Well, also, even better than that, it's just like, can we not call it Exorcist 3? Because it has, it doesn't have an exorcism in it. It's like, of course it doesn't. <laughs> and, like, and then it's like, how wild it goes on. It's like, so remember how it didn't have an exorcism in it? So we're going to need one of those, just to be clear. <laughs> right, right, right. He's just like... Ah fuck! I like how he kept fighting them on the, the 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 title too. Can we call it like The Exorcist 1990 or The Exorcist 15 Years Later or something? Can we not call it The Exorcist Three? And it was like we're gonna call it The Exorcist Three, which is funny because like they, like not that long after this, when they stopped using numbers and titles anyway, <laughs> like it became like like now like with fucking Mission Impossible, it's all like they never like fucking like it was one two three and then it was just like never again. That's not cool anymore. Why? Why is this? Why is this suddenly become a thing where they like franchises stop using numbers after the third one? It's not cool anymore, Rob. Yeah, Mission Impossible Unless you're Three. Fast and Furious. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, Mission Impossible did that. Uh, Child's Play did that. Child's Play one, two, three. Then everything is just something of Chucky. <laughs> you know well, I mean, with the with that, I the only thing I can think about with that is like the rights money man thing was like cuz I mean when they bought I don't know, I guess not cuz they did Child's Play and they did Child's Play 2 and 3. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I guess yeah. because Chucky is a more identifiable name. Yeah. Like yeah, people people don't like call it Child's Play. They're like, "Hey, you want to watch Chucky?" Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch Chucky 2. Chucky three, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I know a lot of people who, who don't even refer to uh like uh um like they, they refer to Scream as Ghostface. Yo, you wanna watch Ghostface? You know what I'm saying? It's weird. It's, it's, it takes more to say. Like it's like it's like that there's more syllables in that word. It's more right. effort. <laughs> I, I know some people who, who refer to Ghostface as Scream, you know what I'm saying? That's not scream. No, that's Ghostface. You know what I'm saying? He scream. <laughs> or like they refer to the Friday Thirteen movies as Jason. You want to watch Jason? My niece does that. I want to watch Jason. I'm like, well, which one? The 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 one where. Uh, I was the, saying, the, the, so she says she wants to watch Jason. You've eliminated one in five. So. Like... <laughs> no, like like that, that's funny too because she refers to that as Jason. Is like the one where the the, the the kid gets killed for the candy bar. That's fine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I know, and it's like Jason ain't even in that one, honey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, um, 
So William Peter Blatty had a difficult time with this movie. I mean, the the, the makeup of, of it went fine, and then the studio came in and was like, "Yeah, let's uh let's change this up. Well, let's let's maximize I those." Read, I never really knew about was apparently the studio wanted John Carpenter, and John Carpenter went and met with Peter, William Peter Blatty, and I guess they had really good meetings. Like they hung out for like three days, and like it was all very like pro- positive. But, like, John Carpenter got the distinct vibe that William Peter Flatty wanted to do it himself. So he was just like, I'll just not do it. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm not saying, like, I don't have to do it. And he just kind of, like, stepped aside. And I was just like, I'm curious what it would have been like. Not just because, I mean, like, obviously he's a more experienced director. But also just in terms of, like, I feel like Carpenter might have compromised less. So I'm just curious what it would have looked like otherwise. And, like, it might have actually probably been closer to what Flatty actually wanted. But... Yeah, the, you, they would have been like, hey, so Carpenter, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Say no with Carpenter. It was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, Blatty had directed before. Um, he directed the, uh, the Ninth Configuration, which is basically uh, um, in, in itself a sequel to... Uh, um, it's a prequel to this to, to this movie and a sequel to uh, The Exorcist in its own way. It, it features uh, the the ninth configuration features uh, the the character of Cutshaw, who uh, Reagan tells uh, you're gonna die up there. You know what I'm saying in the uh, in the party. Mm. You know what I'm saying. But in in ninth configuration, he's played by Scott Wilson, who also appears in this movie. You know, I love that movie a lot. That's one of my all time favorite movies. So and he directed the shit out of that. So it's like, yeah, he he was he was perfectly fine to direct this, and I think he did a fantastic job in this movie. And I should I should note I I really love this movie a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it is, in my my opinion, the the best out of the Exorcist movies. Um, I know, I know, I know. He's, <laughs> the, the, the audience, he's giving me that look like with the you just said some insane shit. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I I. I, I don't hold my tongue. I thought you were going to say the best of the Exorcist sequels, and I've been like, okay, that's fine. Well, that, well, well, that's 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 not saying much. I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like, I was just like, yeah, that's fair. And then, like when you said the best Exorcist movie, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe I'll just say my favorite. You know, what I'm saying because the the, the Exorcist is 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 really fantastic. I watched it last night, you know, rewatched it, you know. Well, and, and it's funny, too. Well, I'll save that for when we actually talk about The Exorcist. <laughs> um, but I, I, I love this movie a lot. I've I've watched it a godly number of times, sometimes just to watch uh, Brad Dourif scenes. And then he's, he's only in the movie twice. Um, uh, and it's like, it, it's weird. It's actually, too. like, technically less in the regular cut than he is in the uh original cut the original cut yeah. was basically all him well, him yeah and then this one this the regular cut it's like him and jason miller like tagging off yeah which which i think works better because i did watch the yeah. legion cut as well and uh the the, the, the thing is well, well i liked it. it 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 just doesn't work um as well uh i'm I, i'm actually glad they got jason miller back for uh yeah. the reshoots Cause, well, cause apparently that, they did want him in the first place. It's just that he apparently had what's known as, I guess, wet brain, where he drank so much for so long that eventually he couldn't remember lines, he couldn't remember anything. So it's like, as it's all fucking um, the Gemini Killer does is monologue, mm. and he could not remember that. 
they basically had no choice but like just kind of like pepper him in. But no, I, I do think it adds a lot with him in there than it does without him. Like I do think, I mean, not to say that anything against Brad Dourif, um, but like it does add a lot to have him in there. Um, but yeah, like I definitely know why they 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 said like why he wasn't originally like they, like but I guess they did want him. Yeah, you know, so so they went with Brad Dourif uh, instead, and Brad Dourif was playing Karis like basically throughout the end. Uh, all the the scenes that uh, Patient X appears in, and uh, it, it it's weird too because uh, I, I watched those those scenes and they, all those scenes are basically reshot. It's not like they just added Jason Miller; they basically just reshot though because well, because they didn't exist. The, the original third act was completely different. Like there was no like fucking big exorcism set piece, so there was no Jason Miller to have in there, and there was no, no fucking um, what's his name, um, the other father, priest. yeah, Father Morning, yeah. Um, no, no, but even uh, like in 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 the scenes where where Durf did uh, does appear, his uh, his cell was like almost like a dungeon in the Legion cut. Like they, it's it's all uh, bricks and all that shit. It's just like they they got this man down in a dungeon next to where they keep in the uh, uh, King Arthur and the Excalibur and shit. <laughs> like, and then they reshot it like in in the in the theatrical cut. It's it's just a padded cell. You know what I'm saying, and I and I think that works better. It, it's just like the aesthetic of it works better than it did in the the Legion cut, and, and also the Legion cut is very anticlimactic. Oh yeah, that that's definitely true. Like it's like, like he literally just walks in and shoots him, and that's the end of the movie. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like how did you think this was a good ending? This is a terrible fucking ending. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just nothing. Like the climax was like uh, when uh, the 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 old lady. Um, uh, attacks uh, his family at, at his house. Uh, Kinderman, played by yeah. George E. Scott. Um, and that was the climax. And it's just like, how, how is this, how is this climactic at all? You know what I'm saying? It's just like she attacks his daughter, and then it's just like, Aah! and then that's it. And and <laughs> the theatrical cut it actually makes more sense as as to why like you know she just like kind of just like goes out. Because uh, you know, uh, Patient X is about to be exercised by uh, Father Morning. Um, so yeah, I remember watching it and just the, the Legion cut and just being like, you know, waiting years to watch this. Like, oh, I'm finally gonna, you know, see this this legendary cut, and it's just like, eh, it's alright. It kind of the opposite of my Nightbreed experience, where it was like when I saw <laughs> the Nightbreed, like uh, like the the new cut of that, I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Like it's like I still like the original, but like this is fantastic, and it's just like watch fucking. The Legion cut is just like, all right, <laughs> like it has it has I guess its qualities, but like, yeah, I, I do think it, I mean okay. The main thing I will give to the Legion cut is I do like they give you more between uh, Father Dyer and um, the cop, um, Kinderman. Zach, Kinderman. Um, I do the priest and the cop is just easier, but um. <laughs> uh, um but um, that stuff I like. But yeah, as a whole, I don't necessarily think like it doesn't. I wish they had left some of that in, but like I don't necessarily think like the the movie as a whole is anywhere near as strong. Although the thing that is funny though is my whole thing is like um, I like The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But I always was like, I feel like I've gotten all I needed from this film. So for a long time, I did not see two. I did not see three. I did not see either prequel. And I was just, I was content. I was fine. And it was like after years 
of like various friends be talking about how they liked Exorcist Three. I finally like gave in and watched Exorcist Three, and I was like, oh yes, this is this is this. Is, I enjoy this. This is good. I still have not watched two. I still have not watched either prequel. I will be watching David Gordon Green's, um, but like, which means I probably should watch those. But um, but no, they're just like I feel like I got everything I needed from the first one. But the whole thing about three is I do like that also it kind of is its own thing. Like, it's not trying to do The Exorcist at all. Like, it's like, it's kind of almost like we were talking about before we started recording uh, about, like, Spiral, um, where I was like, the reason I liked Spiral was because they were like, it's not really like a Saw movie. It's like, basically, they did like a, like a kind of a gritty cop thriller, and they just threw jigsaw traps in it. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I like, because I like both of these things. Um, and then, um, granted, I nobody else shares this viewpoint but me, but that's fine. Uh, um, but, um, but then I, uh, when I was watching this, I was like, it's like basically almost a noir, like, it's basically like it's very much kind of like a like, um, like a police procedural for like a big chunk of it, but like it also has like strong horror elements, like it has. What is kind of universally known as one of the greatest jump scares of all time mm. uh, <laughs> in the hospital, um, but like even more than that, there's like it's, it's it's like the closest thing to compare it to, I think, is like something like Seven, yeah. Rather than comparing it to like The Exorcist, uh, which I think is probably works in its favor more than the others. And again, I don't know because I haven't seen those, but um, and also like it, in fact, it continues with those characters, even though. I think that they're both different actors. I definitely know that yes. the cop is different because that actor, Lee Cobb, had died. Yeah. Um, like three years after The Exorcist. Um, but I couldn't remember if it was the same uh, cop or same priest until it's, I watched it. it. I watched them back to back and I was like, that is very clearly not the same man. <laughs> um, but um, I, did, I wasn't sure. Um, but like they do expand it. Because the thing is, also, that's like funny. We'll get to what we talk about The Exorcist. But um i actually forgotten because i i had watched i watched the director's cut of the exorcist a lot um and i hadn't watched the theatrical cut in like a long time and yeah. so it wasn't until i was um i was watching it again with danny and um there's the part where um like at the end of the original cut where like basically just dyer looks at the stairs and then walks away right, and right it's yeah. Chris. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was just like... I know, that, that, that caught me off guard as well. I, yeah. I remembered the whole, like, thing with, like, Father Dyer and, uh, and Kinderman. And I was yeah. just like, so you left this on the most depressing note humanly possible. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, fucking freaking? How much cocaine were you consuming? Um, but then, <laughs> like... Um, because also, that was I think that helps with Exorcist 3 because... Um, that relationship is really weird, but really interesting. <laughs> Where it's basically just like, in the end, they're two dudes who like seem pretty opposite, but are both film nerds. <laughs> Which is why I think a lot of fucking people gravitate towards this movie. I feel like because like the main people I know who talk about Exorcist Three positively are always like film and horror nerds, and I feel like that's probably why, to a large extent. No, yeah, yeah, that uh, I I. I, I can't even remember the last time I seen the theatrical cut of The Exorcist. So when I watched it last night, I was like, oh, 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 yeah, that's that's right. That's none of these like the scenes now that like everyone remembers, like the spider, the spider walk scene is, is not in there. Well, that I knew was wasn't like, in there. That's why that's why I didn't even bother. I, I didn't care because I was like, 
The spider walk no, I've never heard about. <laughs> no, I was completely like, oh yeah, that's right. This is like, you know. Also, like, um, I knew I was watching the theatrical cut when they uh, they didn't have like those 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 fucking like I love freaking God bless him. Um, may he rest in peace. But like, and the the I like how you refer to it as the director's cut, but it's also like the version you've never seen. Remember when it was re-released? The, the the Exorcist, the version you've never seen, and it was like just call it the fucking director's cut. Like why? And like they, they, they that's how they refer to it now. And shit, you look at it, the the Exorcist, the director's cut is no longer the version you've never seen. I just think that's funny that that's how they re-released it as. But um, they added like those little fucking like little uh. Uh, moments of like Pazuzu's face, like just showing we up. Have everywhere. The ones. Like there's, there's like the one in um like when in Davian's like nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to, but yeah, it's definitely not the way it was in like the director's cut where they were just like peppered throughout. Yeah, like when uh, uh Chris is walking through the kitchen and you just see him like uh, uh Pazuzu's face or Captain Howdy, um like just just chilling somewhere and it was just like. Oh, that's not there. So we're definitely watching the theatrical cut. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, like th- that version works. Like it, it, uh, it actually leads into this one yeah. much better. You know, being that it ends with the two of them just walking off and shit. And then, I, yeah, it, I always, I always call it the Casablanca ending. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of a beautiful friendship, <laughs> right? The beautiful friendship that ends horribly in this yeah. one. You know, saying because because Father Dyer dies a, a, a horrible, awful death, and um, that that leads into uh, I mean the it's it's weird too because um, uh, the very next year after this, uh, Silence of the Lambs comes out, where uh. Anthony Hopkins wins Best Actor for being in about what ten minutes, fifteen minutes of, of actual. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's in the movie for like ten, fifteen minutes, like of, of screen time, and he won Best Actor. And it's like, I, I feel like you 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 could have given Brad Dourif some kind of recognition for for his what five, six, seven total minutes, maybe eight of screen time and shit because. This this man is on fire, uh, you know. Not... <laughs> <laughs> That's reference uh, another film he did that year where he's literally on fire. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's not just like my favorite performance of his, in my opinion, his best performance. But like, I, I truly believe that Brad Dourif's performance in here is like one of the all time great screen performances. Like, uh, especially when he's just raving. I mean, which is pretty much his entire fucking scene. His two scenes, he's just raving mad. But like, it's just like, it, it's it's, um, just extraordinary how just amazing he is in this in 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 this movie. Like in in just two scenes, like you know, and then like he's going head to head with Oscar winner George C. Scott, and George C. Scott is really good in the movie. I like. I remember hearing that uh, he was nominated for a Razzie. Um, George C. Scott for his performance, and I'm just like, you, you guys just, I mean, you've always sucked, but, like, you guys really fucking oh, no. suck. Never, never pay attention to the Razzies. The Razzies are fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's literally just the dumbest fucking bullshit. Like, but at the same time, at the same, like, at the, at the same token, like, the fucking, I mean, all the fucking award shows are fucking stupid. That's why I, I did like, when I was a kid, um, I mean, I guess it's still a thing, but, 
um, the thing I liked about like um, like the MTV Awards when I was a kid was because like you voted on them, so it was like basically you could have and also like the nominees were always like they're like movies that you actually watched where it was just like it's like pulp fiction speed and like whatever it's just like terminator 2 it's like all this shit was like and it's just like yeah no like rock on um whereas like the oscars and golden globes and shit it just like because it's like treated as like highbrow whatever it's just it, it means as much as the razzies it doesn't mean fucking anything like it's like it's it's awesome like if somebody like awesome a movie that's awesome wins but like it doesn't fucking mean anything yeah and I'm like, and uh, that 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 one annoys me a lot. Is that the, like like I said like like you said you sh- we shouldn't fucking pay attention to the Razzies at all. But I, I just find that shit insulting because George C. Scott is really fucking good in the movie, especially like when he's just he's just how angry he is <laughs> throughout the entire <laughs> like um the when when he's questioning the nurse about uh, patient X, you know what I'm saying? Because after he sees him, he realizes, oh shit, this is Karis. You know, it's a, was he dressed like a priest? That would be in the file. It is not in the file. It is not. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, but like, I mean, it goes with his character because Kinderman is just really just over everything by this by this point in his life. You know what I'm saying? All the 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 horrors and bullshit he's seen is just getting to him. Where like they uh, him and Father Dyer go see It's a Wonderful Life, and you know that's a movie they see yearly. You know. Uh, how many times did they see? They seen it like what thirty seven times or some shit was, like that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And then like you know they have dinner afterwards, and um, uh, Father Dyer is trying to cheer him up, and like Kinderman brings the conversation down by mentioning the the, the murder of the young boy. Oh, he was murdered this way, and poor Father Dyer is just like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, like just just completely ruined the fucking day, dude. <laughs> like, like, Read the room. <laughs> yeah. You got Larry King over there on the other side and shit. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. They're Actually, like, no. I will. Okay. Yeah. Just real quick. The, the fucking cameos would be are truly <laughs> insane. Where it's like, yeah, Larry King, Patrick fucking Ewing for some reason, and Fabio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick Ewing makes sense because he played for Georgetown. Um... Yeah, yes. that makes sense that he's the angel of death because he played for Georgetown. You're right. Well, he was well, he I was ridiculous. Incre- <laughs> well, he was he was incredibly famous at, 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 in Georgetown by the time because he like you know he was their star player. You know what I'm saying for 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 the uh, Georgetown uh, the college in Georgetown. I don't know if it's Georgetown College and shit. You know what I'm saying? I guess so because it's just George. He played for Georgetown. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, like yeah, let's just throw a, a Georgetown legend in there. You know what I'm saying? And just just you know put wings on him you know what i'm saying but like yeah fabio showing up is just like what the fuck dude you know what i'm saying and then like I you have er- everybody involved is what the fuck dude but all right that's fine <laughs> no like and then like you have that early appearance from samuel jackson uh uh you know what i'm saying who's uh dubbed for his one line the living or death and it's just like that was clearly not samuel jackson you know what i'm saying because we didn't get a motherfucker in there at all the living or death, motherfucker! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that whole sequence when those cameos show up is, is really... Because it's um it's a dream sequence where Kinderman is having... Where he's walking through heaven, but heaven is like a, a bus station. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, you, you know, you see, you know... Like, you see also, like, the priest that was killed uh, earlier in the movie in the confessional... 
Um, and he was the killed. Kid who like they were talking about, where he's like got fucking his head cut off, and yeah. like they fucking jammed fucking ingots into his eyes and shit. Yeah. Um, also, like his 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 dialogue with the kid. The, I'm, I'm really so sorry so, you died. <laughs> no, like, I'm so sorry you were murdered, Thomas. I miss you. I miss you too, Lieutenant. You know what I'm saying? It's like. And he says, it was so, it was so, like, I'm really sorry you were murdered. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like, like let, let me know if if you've seen the, the ninth configuration, none of the dialogue in here should be come as a surprise because Blatty is just, I mean, it's in there, like, there's moments of dialogue like that in the original Exorcist as well. It's just that Blatty is like one of those like old school writers, you know what I'm saying, who just like is is really good at just like snappy dialogue. Like like some of the dialogue that uh, you hear in the ninth configuration. Uh uh Jason Miller is in there too, and he tells uh the new uh, supervisor at the of the the um the asylum they're in, which is an old castle. He's gonna stick a pineapple up your ass and pretend you're Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> and then the moments um where they're playing cards. And it goes like, and like the dude keeps cutting the cards. He said, you know, most people only cut cards once. He said, well, 13 is my lucky number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how many cards are wild? Uh, deuces, eight straights. And then, you know what I'm saying? Why are you giving me your cards? You know what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> you know, also uh, like they have lines. It's like, um, cause like uh, it's, it's the character of uh, Colonel Cutshaw, who's like the astronaut. And like, he didn't like, he like, as 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 we will discuss in the in the original Exorcist, he's a, the character about to go to the moon. We find on the ninth configuration, he does not go to the moon because he has a complete psychological breakdown. So they ask him, "Why don't you want to go to the moon?" Cut short. He goes, "The man in the moon trying to fuck my sister." <laughs> I love that movie so much. You know, what I'm it's one of those like those those endlessly quotable movies. Um, Jason Miller is trying to put off, uh, I think, a production of uh, Julius Caesar with dogs, and, and Joe Spinell brings him a dog. It's like, um, says like, but the character is is male. This dog you've brought me is female. I think we, I thought we could take some artistic license. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> it's such a wonderful movie. It's such a wonderful movie. Um, but yeah, none of the dialogue should should, should come as any surprise to you if if you've seen that movie. Um, particularly like uh, in the hospital scene where, where, uh, between uh, Kinderman and Dyer after Dyerman, uh, Dyer, uh, I don't know, did he have a heart attack if, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, because they don't really, uh, I, don't, I don't think they really outright say what happened to him, but something put him in the hospital. <laughs> he was like, uh, <laughs> he was like in condition, it was like, uh, um, that is my, my brother, um, my brother already died with these same conditions. He said, your brother already died at this age. So what? He got killed in Vietnam. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your brother already died at the age of 30. Like, so what? He died in Vietnam. <laughs> there might be some sort of connection. You know what I'm saying? He said, like, uh, he said, you, 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 you make a lot of people nervous. I don't make anybody nervous. Everybody. Are you guys fine? We're fine. <laughs> nice and peaceful here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What was it that the nurse came in here? Uh, uh, she she came to the wrong room. She was yeah, as she's Jewish. It's like a Jewish name. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> right. And as she's leaving, uh, go with God, my child. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, Blatty's dialogue is just brings me endless joy. Which is which is a, I mean, I'm I'm guessing his experience making this movie is probably what fucking 
turned him off from directing anymore, and and that's a shame because I wish he did because this 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 movie proves that he was a fantastic director. Um, I know he also like I remember what you mentioned that he did talk to Carpenter about uh, doing this movie, but he also talked to Friedkin as well. But I think I think that was also like when they was just like Warner Brothers wanted a sequel to The Exorcist, and they talked about it, and then they were just like. Yeah, nah. You know, well, I, think the, we, yeah, I think the whole thing was I know they they wanted them for Exorcist too, and they were like, "No, we won't be doing that." And then they the, then Warner Brothers did it anyway. So it's just like, and then they hated it so much that it was just like, well, that's why. I, so that's a big part of why I didn't. I still haven't watched it. Is I was like, because I know that everybody involved, like in the original, fucking hates it. So just like, I don't necessarily need to see too. Um, and then by the time they were doing the prequels, I'm like, I don't necessarily need to know what Marin was doing before <laughs> The Exorcist. Like, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. And it's like, let me let me let me, let me uh, just get it out there. You know, since you haven't seen it, um, mm-hmm. I have. I've seen Exorcist two um, uh, a few times. Uh, actually, just uh, or ordered the the Scream Factory blue of it. Um, God knows why. I just it's just like punishment. You know, like here's the thing. I don't I don't it's I don't know. It's it's bad, but it's not bad. If that makes fucking sense. Like it like I remember um after my recent rewatch of it, like my assessment of it is in in you know, my current mindset is it's it's like a wild Italian ripoff of The Exorcist that is actual like an official sequel to The Exorcist. Like it's 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 really fucking batshit insane. Like the ideas they have. Like that there's a kind of makes me interesting. <laughs> like it is. It's like yo dog. There's a scene where Richard Burton beats a fire to death with a crutch. There's a fire and he grabs a crutch and he beats the fire to fucking death with it. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 it makes it makes little sense, like everything that happens in that movie, um, like apparently Morris Scorsese's a fan of it. I mean, that's uh, fu- again, I, I I haven't seen it, so I have no opinion on it. I just like as I just said, I just know that like everybody that was involved with the making the original just like basically like this is this ruined our lives. Like this is like you ruined our movie. And then it's just like so, like that's I think a big part of why, I, like um, because I know because like you because you're right they, they did like he also did talk to Friedkin because like, they were both like, Exorcist two sucked right like yeah we need to fix this like we need to like do it. and then like eventually Friedkin just kind of like bowed out, um but like, that's the reason I kind of was never interested in seeing it because I'm just like, if the people who are responsible for the original are like, fuck this movie, then I really don't have any reason to watch it. But, like, that's why, like, three. the reason I watched 3 was, A, because everybody said not nice things about it, and B, because at least it has one of the original people involved. Um, so, like, that was, like, interesting, and I was glad that I did. But, like, that's the thing, is, like, I was just, like, the... I want to see the sequel only... The only connection, I think, is, is it just Reagan? Is it just Linda Blair? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. It's just... Um... Yeah, uh, and in the sequel is it's Linda Blair and Kitty Wynn who return okay. because Ellen Burstyn said fuck no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Um, which is weird that she she she's coming back for the new one. Um, well, it's not surprising just by virtue of the fact that like I mean, basically, <laughs> a I mean 
I don't mean this in a shitty way, but I was just like, I mean, it's not like she's like necessarily that busy these days. And B, like, I think David Gordon Green, like, at least with uh, 20, Halloween 2018, uh, age 40, if you will, um, like, probably bought himself a fair amount of goodwill with, like, bringing back older actresses after the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. So mm. that probably was also a factor. That's why I still think that they're going to bring back Reagan for the sequels. I was like, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, why the fuck would you bring back Ellen Burstyn? Like, I was like, I feel like the one that yeah. makes sense is Reagan. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh, there's two more of these. <laughs> like, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, because, you know, it's got to be a trilogy, you know, when David Gordon Green is involved. It's so weird. That's so weird. We're just like, like, like I said, I'm going to see the movie. But, like, I do think it's fucking weird as shit. And I, I do like Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends in uh, H40, obviously. But um, but my, I'm still, like, I don't necessarily know that, like, I, I understand the logic and making the legacy sequel, like the requel, if you will. I understand. Um, the thing I don't understand is why you're, like, not only do I need to make a sequel, I need to make three. No, you don't. Like, unless that's the only, like, it was just, like, just make a TV show. Wait, they didn't make an extra TV show. But, they like... Did. I was like, I mean, like, that's clearly only what you want to do, so just fucking do that. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't understand what you're fucking thought for. Whatever, it's fine. You know, you know what's funny, too, is because it's it's it's, it's probably because of uh, the his Halloween trilogy that uh, they had him do a trilogy for uh, Exorcist. Because, remember, like, his original plan was he's only supposed to do Halloween 2018. And, they, uh, uh, and Malika Khan was like, we need more. He's like, all right, so I got an idea for a sequel. It's like, no, we want two more. Uh, oh. Okay, all right, I I got it, and then he did it, and then they were like, "Yeah, we want you to do the Exorcist." I was like, "All right, cool. We want three of them." <sighs> See, I don't Fine. think it's how, I don't think it's how it's going. I feel like I genuinely feel like it's like because like he only thinks in like big ideas of storytelling. Yeah, that he's just like that. He's doing it. I don't know that for sure, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that's what's going on. Like, it's like if it was if it if it happened once, okay. In the fact that it keeps happening. I guarantee if Exorcist trilogy is successful, he'll find something fucking else. <laughs> like, it's like, now we're going to do our Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but we're actually going to do three of them. Like, God damn it, man. Just fucking stop. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, imagine, like, the horror world's reaction if he does actually <laughs> do that. <laughs> a fucking uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street trilogy. Because they still hate him and shit after Halloween ends. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah, I've seen people like uh oh like they like they were excited when he's like oh he's gonna do the Exorcist and then they saw Halloween ends and it was just like oh keep him away from the Exorcist it was too late he already got the fucking job <laughs> you know what I'm saying and then it was just like oh god keep him away from every other horror franchise like like no no give him give him all to him give him give him Friday the Thirteenth like the the, the well, lawsuits that, have been cleared up right you no, know what I'm saying well, that, the only reason I don't think that would happen is because they're doing the Brian Fuller show on Peacock yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is fine. Which is fine. But uh, everyone wants uh, Jason to return in glorious form and in, in, in movie form. Yeah. Like, give it to David Gordon Green. Let him make a, a Friday Thirteenth trilogy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Let let him let him fucking uh, uh, retcon everything after one and just start anew. Like, let's see the horror world burn everything to the fucking ground over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. It's 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 fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's I'll, I'll be there opening day as everything burns. The screen is burning. I'm still there with my popcorn. I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
it's fucking weird. Like, <laughs> like I guess you're right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, eh, you know, uh, she's winding down in her career. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, and then plus, you know, it's it's the original. I, I, I don't mean this in, in a mean way, but like she's winding down in her life. Like I think she's like ninety. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like she. I mean, she ain't got nothing else to prove. She could just do something for the check at this point. I mean, she clearly did uh, the Wicker Man for the check. <laughs> I actually like that movie. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't say. I have no <laughs> desire to see it because I'm just like I don't. I like the Wicker Man, but I don't necessarily need to see like a remake of the Wicker Man. So like, here's the here's the thing: is I think people are watching that movie wrong. Like, like I mean, okay, the, the, if you're gonna make the argument that it was an intentional comedy, it is. That's fine. I don't necessarily know that's true. I feel like what the, when people keep saying that, and I was like, I feel like that's like when fucking uh, Tommy Wiseau. After everyone started finding the room, like it became a cult film because everyone thought it was fucking hilarious. He's like, "Yeah, that's what I was doing the whole time. I was making a dark comedy." <laughs> it's like that's like I think that's what was happening with fucking Wicker Man, where they were like, they were trying to make a horror film and it didn't work out, but it was funny. So they were like, "Yeah, no, we were totally making something fucking hilarious. You guys just didn't get it." Nah, there 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 are moments in that Wicker Man where it was like. This, this this is pure comedy, uh, where 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 Nicolas Cage gets into it with a woman over a bike and he, and he pulls a gun on her, and it's just like the beats in that scene. It's like this can be nothing else but comedy. He's like, let go of the bike, let go of the bike, and then he just step away from the bike, and it's like that's comedy. This is this is pure screwball fucking comedy right here. There's no way, like there is no way a, a sensible director. Could have let this scene go out like this and not have been thinking comedy. I refuse to believe it. That is comedy. That whole movie is a comedy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tommy Wiseau is in in the room though. Is just it's clear what the fuck happened there. Uh, you know, like, like I like how the the entire cast and crew contradicted. It. It like it's a comedy, and it was like no, the fuck it wasn't, dude. You <laughs> you were really trying your best. Stop it. You know what I'm saying? Then he was like, all right, fine, yeah, you know, I, I failed. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, I mean, like watching the room, I actually think uh, the reason it works is because you can tell that people that made it really gave a shit. They just were incompetent. So, like, the reason that it does work, I think, is because, like, you're still, like, watching it being, like, this is insane, but, like, you can sense the passion. It's not like somebody just, like, was, like, making a piece of shit, like, to make... Because, like, I hate when people fucking do that, where it's just, like, when you're, like, you're when people make movies that are, like, aha, this is so stupid. I'm just, like, what is the point of this? Like, if you don't even care, why do I care? Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, um... Yeah, the oh yeah yeah yeah. I was talking about Exorcist too, real quick. Um, yeah, so like Ellen Burstyn was like fuck no because uh uh, uh Exorcist she had a hard time on the Exorcist, which we will get into. Yeah. Um, a lot of people had a hard time on the Exorcist. Cocaine's <laughs> was... a hell of a drug, Rob. I don't know what you. I don't even want to tell you. <laughs> I was saying. Um, so like the only the only people that returned from oh, oh wait oh, um it was Linda Blair, Kitty Wynn. And Max von Sydow, okay. um, are, are the only people who returned from from the original. Uh, everybody else was like new and just like you know, came came in there. Um, like hey, yeah, we're gonna like that movie was a success, and we're gonna come in here like you know to make the sequel to the big success, and it's gonna be a big success. And then it was just like, oh, <laughs> right, 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is what uh, 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 Linda Blair said. Like, it started out, like, you know, a good script, and then it just got fucked up, like, you know, throughout the middle of it, and then it just turned into whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, actually, I think he maybe more is in, was into the idea of it than the actual film, but although he's never really uh, came out and uh, made any... Uh, you know, claims on like or, or criticisms of the filmmaking. He ain't really stated anything of the filmmaking, but he he I think it's definitely more of a story aspect. And it is a good idea. You know, it's about like how like, you know, ultimate goodness um is is a target for ultimate evil. But it's this that's it's like I mean I mean what do you expect from the director of Zardoz? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um the the man who put uh Sean Connery in a in a in a thong um, what 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 the fuck do you expect? You know what I'm saying? And like, it, it also he he did not like the original Exorcist. He thought it was like fucking terrible. So he was like, I'm I'm going to make it not like that. And the audience was like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like he, even back then, you could tell audiences just wanted like you know the same shit again. Well, yeah, and that's that thing is like, that's why like this I think is interesting because it's like it has enough of like the vibes of the original while mm. also doing its own thing but like which is why also i think that like it's not necessarily i think it, it became like something where it's like it was reappraised it was like 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 uh like halloween three yeah um or like jennifer's body like whatever where like people eventually without the weight of expectation were kind of like oh this is cool and it is like i was like i do think the thing is funny is like um, not like Brad Dourif, but like I do think um, Brad Dourif is great with maybe granted all he really has to do is just he's just sitting there delivering monologues. Um, but like I do think that like in the actual cut, um, the whole way that everything kind of finally comes together is I think awesome. Where it's like um, basically you have the Gemini killer who's like fucking like body jumping somehow um and like i mean i guess because he just like it's like, it's like okay because they like in the original exorcist basically reagan is a dumbass and plays with a ouija board and that's how she gets possessed um apparently by exorcist 3 fucking motherfuckers could just possess people who whatever they fuck they felt like because uh, he took over fucking um Karis's body and chilled in it and then uh, eventually was just like, oh, hey, you're a catatonic. I'm just going to jump into you real quick. And it was just like, and send you to like fucking try to cut off uh, fucking Kinderman's daughter's head. Um, and then like, because uh, yeah, basically like, it, took me, I was like, it starts off like a procedural. It's a procedural for like two thirds of it. And like the last, like the, the third act is just batshit insanity from fucking wall to wall. Where it's like you have that sequence where like um, you have uh, Kinderman finding out that the Gemini killer has possessed a random catatonic woman uh, that was the teacher in the sure thing. Um, and then like so he's like driving very quickly uh, to his house to save his family from this person. When he gets there, he finds that nothing is happening. Uh, basically, the Gemini killer was waiting for him to like kill his daughter in front of him. Uh, then everything goes off really hard for like a couple of seconds, and then it becomes an exorcist movie immediately after that, um, which 
technically does it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it makes more sense than just when he just walks in the room in the original cut and just shoots him three times. <laughs> like, but like, so you have this big climax where they do the exorcism. And yet again, a priest dies because that's you just have to have a priest die when they're doing an exorcism, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, but it's like, like, uh, it, it, but in this case, the priest dies horribly. Yes. Like, my man is peeled off the ceiling. You like, it's weird too because the horror in, in the first two thirds is very subtle. Like, like, there's like, well, like, the jump scare, but yes, <laughs> like, no, like, yeah, that that jump, that legendary, the, the all time great jump scare in the history of cinema, like, and and that that works because like that that shows how fantastic a director Blatty was because he plays it out so long, and like you know, as, as a horror fan, your sensibilities take over. It's like here it comes, here it comes, oh, nothing happened, <laughs> and then it just keeps going, and no. It's gonna come out. Somebody's gonna come out. It's gonna go boogie 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 right, right now. That, no, and then just uh, so what the fuck is happening? And then like you you basically give up. Like nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden, ah! you know what <laughs> and, that's, and it's just like it's, that. That's why that scene works. Is because like he's playing with your sensibilities as a horror fan. You're expecting it, and then when you drop your guard because it's just like this not coming and shit. That's when he hits you with the jump scare. You know, what I'm saying that that's that's brilliant fucking horror filmmaking right there, but <laughs> like other than that, like you know, you see like you know maybe a little pool of blood here. You know, what I'm saying like, but you never see anything like really violent, grotesque. No, and even shit. like when um like he goes to see Kinderman, or I'm sorry, when Kinderman goes to see Dyer's body, it's like you just see his reaction to it. They don't actually show you anything. Right. And even like the the little like the little kid, yeah. they didn't show you. Which is like they 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 show you in heaven what's going on but like that's right. that's they didn't show you at the beginning right like you know every, every like all the dead bodies are hidden under a white sheet mm. you, you never see like the, the the actual effects of like what happened to them like you hear it described but you never actually see it and then that climactic exorcism comes like it, like i'm 100 sure that blatty was like okay you want an exorcism you want an exorcism scene? All right, I'll give it to you. And he gave the most batshit exorcism. Like, no Italian director could have came up with a more batshit. <laughs> like, like there, there, there's, like, fucking, like, uh, fire and brimstone and lightning and people getting peeled off a ceiling and shit. And there's, like, a whole pit of, like, dead souls uh, all in this one padded cell. <laughs> it's like, he was like, there, there's your fucking exorcism. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but you know it works it works too because like i i think it works you know what i'm saying i, I, I do like... too actually i i didn't like I, until you compare and contrast especially like because also the thing i think is interesting is like when you have um because it, 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 there's more weight to it i think when you have uh jason miller uh flashing yeah. in and out with brad duriff um because like a it like there's like a, there's a kind of more that I feel like it amps up the horror a little bit, but also B, um, it gives the kind of more of the personal connection yeah. because of, like you as the audience have it's actually like the one original actor, but like so you have like more of a connection uh, to him, whereas in the original, um, I mean the original movie in general, 
Um, basically, you're just kind of taking on faith that these are all these are the same characters, even though they don't necessarily... Like, I guess, I mean, George C. Scott looks a little bit like Cobb, and um, I guess... Um, Dyer, I guess, because I didn't notice the difference until I like, rewatched them back-to-back, I guess he's mm. fine. But um, Brad Dourif couldn't look less like Jason Miller. Um, so it's like, that's that's taking a lot on faith. And then once you um, once you watch uh, the original cut again, I feel like that's why it works better, is because it's like, it gives you that connection to the original. Plus, like, I do love um, the moment like, when you see him go from being, like, possessed to not um and it's just like what he's it's like now bill get me now 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 and just like shoots him um there's there's more pathos to it even though it's just like yeah. it's sad because that poor bastard died twice <laughs> yeah 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 it, it, you know what i'm saying but like nah that's that's why i prefer it as well you know what i'm saying because having jason miller there really brings it all together wonderfully and like you know the cutting between the, the him and brad durf like works you know what I'm saying, um, but uh, uh, like I, I, uh, to, to, to really tag on to what you were talking about earlier, uh, like it, it actually kind of like uses the same ideas of uh, that Exorcist Two was trying to do, and really just, I you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really want to say that they failed, but they failed. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> like to, to to bring it home, but like how. Like uh, ult- ultimate goodness uh, can be a target to ultimate evil, and that's exactly what's happening to Karis in in this movie. Uh, it's the, the I love the way Durf delivers the lines like, "Oh, let's call it revenge." That's one thing I love about the Durf scenes: how they keep playing with the frequency of his uh his line deliveries. Like sometimes it's his regular voice, and then a lot of times it's like like slightly deepened. So but also, because he sounds... he's because he's supposed to be, I guess, like the demon. Is because the thing is, like in the first Exorcist, uh, in the book it's Pazuzu, but like in the movie yeah. they never identify. Um, and then like in this one, they do basically identify it as being Legion. I mean, because it's like that was the original yeah. thing. But like that's the whole thing is like Legion is many. Like it's like basically a yeah. bunch of demons all kind of combined into one demon. So it makes sense like his voice would change based on like who's taking over in any given second. Which goes, uh, but but it's it's clear that it's Pazuzu in charge because this is all his doing, it's being that uh, he he's getting revenge on Karis for uh, exercising him from Reagan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so so like there's the, the, there's that whole thing. Like, but um, even though Blatty is the original writer of the book, and you know he wrote the the original Exorcist, and he wrote this, he's smart enough to know that calling out Pazuzu by name is fucking stupid. <laughs> Yeah, that's the. I, I think to this day, as I've never seen two. But I know that two. They say the the the, the demon name throughout it, and I was just oh, like, yeah. it's that's why I didn't even say it to Danny when we were watching it. I'm like, once you say Pazuzu, it instantly it's not scary, and it's not even like, and it's not that I think it's like, I don't know, because it, because it's apparently like a real demon. Um, yeah. Well, whatever. Um, I guess interpret <laughs> that how you like. Um, but it's a real like biblical uh, like in like one of the, I can't remember which culture um, where it's like, I think I want to say it's like either African or South American. Um, so it is like a real thing. Um, so, but like it's, well, yeah, when you say it in a fucking uh, American movie, it just sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. They, they say it a lot into the, the demon Pazuzu. Uh, I am Pazuzu. 
they're like, oh yes, uh, you are you are a slave to Pazuzu, and it's like, shut the fuck up already, shut up, shut up. Like <laughs> Bloody knows, like yeah, let's just not say the demon's name out loud. It's just like, like, like I love how like Durf is going out of his way to not name Pazuzu like the master. Those other ones, the dark ones, you know. Yeah, he, the master, he's throwing me scraps from the table. It's like, yeah, he's trying so hard not to say Pazuzu because saying Pazuzu out loud is fucking stupid. Well, know? I mean, it's also, I think, it also goes back to the original where it's just like, cause it, also because Blatty wrote the original, yeah. he didn't say Pazuzu in that fucking script. It was just like, the only way, like, the only identification you get is, um, like, when um, he's, like, he's asked his name and he says that he's the devil himself. Yeah, which nobody bots. Yeah. Um, but that's the, the closest you get, like in terms of like that. So it's like I definitely think that that was also Blatty's thing in general. Was like he doesn't he knows that it's it's one thing on the page, it's another thing entirely. <laughs> it, it, like to have an actor delivering it in dialogue. No, that's what I was saying. He's a writer. Yeah. He gets it. He's like, nah, yeah, this is this isn't going to translate well. Uh, it, like when actors are saying it out loud and shit. So let's just let's just find another way to get to get to get around that. But yeah, um, it like the, the whole scheme from Pazuzu essentially, and 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 you know, what I'm saying, like I guess like they partnered up with Legion and shit. Like you know, what I'm saying it's just to torment. I mean, he he literally says it. You know, um. The main thing is the torment of your friend Father Karras as he watches as I cut and rip and mutilate the innocent, his friends, and again and again and on and on. And I just love how he just like he's just raging out that whole moment. Uh, like when he starts screaming, like, you know, he is inside with us, he will never get away, his pain won't end. I love that also, like, it seems like every once in a while you notice that Dorf is tearing, you know what I'm saying? Which is just like beautiful. Like, it's just, I, I just love. Dura's performance so much in this movie. Like, I literally, there have been many times where I just put on the DVD just to watch his scenes and then I turn it off. I mean, I love the movie as a whole, but it's just like, I just, I just want to watch him perform uh, as, as Patient X, Gemini Killer, James Vinneman. Um, Like, there's so many things he's called, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's in, in like, he's credited as Patient X, but like, uh, um, Kinderman calls him uh, Damien, you know, for Damien Karras. But like he refers to himself as the Gemini killer, you know, and it's just uh, it's just it's just one of the most beautiful pieces of acting I've ever seen. Like he definitely in my top three. I like I I say that as I have no clear um, uh, ranking of favorite performances. It's just, I just know he's up there and he's in the top three. Like I have no number one all time favorite perform movie performance ever. No number two. I mean like because it's you know. Acting, acting can be a beautiful thing, so why fucking rank them? But uh, if there was a ranking, uh, Durf's performance in Exorcist 3 would be uh, way up there, you know? So, I don't know. So. No, I mean, yeah, you know, he's great. I mean, again, I think that across the board, everybody is great. Um, and again, I just think, I think it's like, it's, it's actually like, as I said, like, I do think, um, like, nothing is ever going to, like, touch... Even, like, the David Gordon Green one, I'm not prepared for it to, like, somehow yeah. be, like, in the same realm as the original. Because the whole thing is, like, the original, I think it was also very much, like, this time, this place, these people made this thing. And you can't do that again. Like, it's like, that happens. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's just, like, I mean, some, like, and I'm not even, like, the hugest fan of it. But um, you mentioned Silence of the Lambs before. I think that's a similar situation. 
Whereas because they, they keep trying with the and like the only time they've gotten close to was the time they kind of uh, abandoned trying to go after Silence of the Lambs and went for something closer to what Manhunter did with the show. But like they kept trying to do kind of replicate that, and it just it had to be like that time, that place, those people did this, and that, that's kind of thing with the Exorcist. But like my whole thing with uh, three is that like it's not the original, but for what it is, it is like one of the best possible scenarios for what you could have done. Like it's not necessarily go. It, I think it's not like I know you are saying you like it best of all of them. Um, I definitely don't think it's as strong as the first, but I do think um, it's definitely something that especially because also you don't know. I, even though it is strongly connected, obviously to the original, it kind of stands on its own so much. Yeah. And it almost kind of counted its own thing. It's almost like the Halloween 3, almost, where it's like, because especially if you take out the fucking exorcism, which I mean, I wouldn't because it's great, but like, cause, I mean, the Legion cut ending sucks. But, um, <laughs> but, um, it's almost like that, where it's like you can watch it kind of as its own thing and not necessarily compare it because it's, it's so different. It's not trying to do that. So I do think that as a whole, it does work better than I think. I mean, at this point, I feel like it has gotten kind of people understand that it's like it's a solid fucking movie, yeah. um, but like better than its reputation for a long time was really given to it. Like it's it's you yeah, know it definitely I I don't think it's the best one, but I think it's it's definitely it's it's solid as fuck. Like it's really fucking entertaining. I think it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, our next one is obviously, as we have talked about many times throughout the course of this, and as you have figured out by looking at the episode title, um, <laughs> but we are uh, doing the original Exorcist, um, which, it's funny, because I have, like, the weirdest relationship with it, because um, it was one of those movies, like, my entire childhood um, is similar story to what I told on, like, the Jaws episode, where it's like, I was told for so long that it was the scariest movie ever. Um, so the first time I watched it, uh, I was fully prepared to be like, frightened to my core. And what actually happened was I fell asleep. Because um, I was really, really fucking bored. Um, and it wasn't until like years later, um, when I gave it another shot, that I was just like, oh no, this is awesome. Um, it's, but it is funny, because like rewatching it, I always forget. The like, uh, I just I believe I posted on Twitter slash X, whatever, the other day, where um, it's really a movie um, that all builds like the last like 20 minutes. Yeah. Because like um, you kind of forget that like there really isn't that much like horror throughout like a lot of it. Like it's like it's kind of just kind of it just kind of ramps up and ramps up and ramps up and ramps up until it finally like gets there. Um, but like, um, it is, like, it's weird because it's something where, like, it's, for most of it, is very much kind of a product of its time. Because, like, it, that, at the time it was released in, like, the, like, early to mid-70s, um, a lot of stuff was, like, basically the, the, the popular kind of, like, 
movie at that point was like stuff like let's say like easy rider like yeah. the godfather like um so it's very like character oriented like it's not really necessarily like a, they're not even when they're genre films they're not really genre films they're basically just like character pieces that fit in with a particular genre and um this is one where it's because it was released at a specific time where um freaking had just won the oscar they like the, the french connection had just been like a huge thing yeah. and so him doing not only this film but doing a horror film was fucking insane because at the time like it was just like it is now where horror was not acknowledged i mean i guess it's, it was slightly more then than now because now i feel like there is enough like the oscars still don't give a shit about horror i feel like the fair amount of like critics and general audiences acknowledge that there are great horror films yeah. um but like um it was released at a time where because it was um friedkin coming off of this highly acclaimed movie the french connection um people had weirdly high expectations of this going in i mean they they, they they were all shocked that he was doing it but then because he was doing it everybody was prepared for it to be like this huge thing and it was like it's funny because like you hear the stories because it was released before jaws so it was before the whole thing of like releasing movies everywhere at once yeah um so they like released it in like specific theaters and they would release it in these theaters and they would fucking be lines around the fucking block and it was released in fucking december so it's like there was places where people were literally like waiting in lines around the block in fucking like frozen frigid fucking weather to see this fucking movie and then you hear stories like uh i remember like i i just actually read recently that apparently this kind of killed um the black exploitation film because i guess uh they didn't even bother releasing it in like heavily black areas like south central um because they didn't think anyone would care um so then they ended up just releasing it in like the regular spots in california and people were driving like in those neighborhoods, like South Central or whatever, driving into those areas to see the movie. And when, um, basically, when the studios saw this, they were like, oh, so they don't give a fuck. It's just, they were like, these people will see movies, even if it's just a bunch of white people. They don't they don't care. They just want to see movies that they think look good. They, it's like, yeah. So I guess it's kind of killed the black exploitation, which is a bummer, but like, whatever. Um, but, um, it's, I don't know, it's like, it's funny because it's like, it's one of the few horror movies that's kind of acknowledged as being um, kind of culturally, like, important. But in the end, it kind of breaks down to being, because it's like, it's most of the movie, as I said, it's like, it's very much like a kind of a character piece. But in the end, it breaks down to being like full-blown horror and nobody bats an eye. Like, nobody is like, that invalidates the movie or anything like that. It's like, that's, cause I, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's baffling to me that it has the reputation it is, but, like, baffling in a positive way. <laughs> no, I feel like, I think a lot of it has to do, like, the reputation of it is great now, but when it, when it originally came out, like, like critics were horrified by it. Well, like, yeah, but they it, still got nominated for, like, fucking, like, it was, a, it was a horror movie that got nominated for Oscars, which did not happen at that point. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, this movie's disgusting, and, like, you know, uh, to be fair, until so I saw it in 4K, there were tons of things that I did not find disgusting before. But like when he when she does the vomit, I never was grossed out by that until I watched it in 4K. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ! Like I was just like seeing the highest possible definition has now made me sick. 
Now, like the thing that still grosses me out to this day is when uh, uh, Reagan, after she's possessed, uh, violently stabs like, her. Jesus, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, it's not even like just that. That's appalling in itself. What what is appalling was just it really just fucking just takes the cake from me is when she grabs Chris's head and shoves it into her vagina. Lick me, lick me, and it's like this this woman is covered in in the blood seeping from her daughter's her daughter's vagina wounds, and that is just that's nasty. That's that's just nasty. Like, like, no, no, no matter how many times I watch this, that will always just be the nastiest fucking moment to me. It's just like, ugh. And like, yeah, the vomit too. We we, we should note that uh, it was not supposed to hit uh, yeah. Jason Miller in the face. It was supposed to hit him in the chest and hit him in the face. And uh, Jason Miller was not happy <laughs> about uh, the pea suit slapping him in the face. Uh, to the point where I think he almost assaulted uh, William Freakin, uh, which I think everyone on set wanted to yeah, assault. Uh, <laughs> like, right, let, 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 we should talk about Freakin for a second, because uh, you know, as 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 we all know by this point, uh, he has passed away. Um, about uh, what two months from uh, yeah, ago? About that. Yeah, it was a yeah. Week. yeah, yeah. And we've been wanting to talk about something freaking for a while, you know, to, to acknowledge that. Um, and d- d- first off, freaking is one of the all, was was one of the all time great. Well, he still is um, one of the all time great filmmakers. Um, French Connection, as you just mentioned, this uh, I'm a huge fan of Sorcerer. Um, I, I also love... thoroughly enjoy Sorcerer. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, which is why I like, you know, as much as I love Star Wars, I kind of have that like side eye to it, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, you're the reason that Sorcerer died a terrible death at the box office. Because <laughs> I like, mean, the studio releasing it against Star Wars was the reason that like that it died a horrible death at the box office. No, no, because no one had expected Star Wars to yes. be this behemoth. Yes. They like they all expected Sorcerer, you know what I'm saying? Because this is Freakin's follow up to The Exorcist, you know. Uh, they gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wanted uh, on Sorcerer, uh, and he made uh, to what he claimed, like you know, even to toward the, the end of his life, was that out of all the movies he did, he th- thought that came out the best because it came out exactly how he wanted it. Um, so they was like, yeah, this is gonna be the the blockbuster. And then when it came out, they were lines around the block for it, and but then you know, it was released around Star Wars, and then the lines dwindled to nothing. Because everyone was going to see Star Wars, and it's just, and I don't think he like he he still remained one of the all time great filmmakers, but I don't think his career ever recovered from the failure because it it was it was quite simply a mass failure. You're not wrong, but the one thing I will say is I think that he has something that most filmmakers don't have, um, because. His longevity in making good movies yeah. is something that even a lot of his contemporaries, I feel like, didn't hold on to. Um, because, like, even like he was obviously he was still, I think he was in post on something when he died. Yeah, um, he was. But um, so he was making movies till the end of his life. But um, he was still making solid fucking like like two of my favorite of his movies are uh bug and killer joe Mm -hmm. um and those were made when he was already in his i'm think i think like 
Bees, I want to say. Um, and Bug is one of the strongest horror movies, I would argue, of the 2000s. One of the most underrated and underseen and rarely talked about. That's why I was really, every time I saw somebody after Freakin' died, every time I saw somebody mention Bug, I always like retweeted it because I was like, fucking more than DC Bug. Um, Bug is fucking awesome and scary as shit, I think. Um, but like, that's the thing is like, I do think not enough people give him credit for that, yeah. where he kept making solid fucking movies forever. Like there is, like I said, like there are tons of guys, like not even like before him, after him, whatever, who could not do it for as long as he did it at the, at the level he did it. So like, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, because one thing about freaking is that he always pushed, you know, what I'm saying to to the limits of like what he could achieve in a, in a film, and uh, and Patrick is correct, like all the way up until then he was making solid fucking features. Um, I know you haven't seen uh, the Hunted, um, <laughs> yeah, with, and that that is like when that whole big thing happened with uh, I made the the comparison between the action movies and slasher movies, and uh, people were just like. A lot of people agree with me, but then a lot of people didn't. You know what I'm saying? There was, you know, um, just don't look, just don't look. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like, like I love that the hunted came up in that conversation because it's correctly like it's it's the the one movie that bridges that you know what I'm saying that borders that line between action and slasher. It's basically First Blood, but like uh, uh, denoting um. Uh, Rambo as the slasher movie villain instead of like you know the the, the big badass hero, you know. Um, and one thing I love about that is that it, they have Tommy Lee Jones essentially do the same speech that Troutman does in First Blood about like like oh my boy is the best and he'll kill you all, but he correctly notes it as something said as, as a sounding heroic, like it did in First Blood. It's absolutely terrifying, in in the Hunted, like you know, so it's a, you know. Yeah, you, you better you better start deducting what's an acceptable body count. He will kill all of you. And it's like it's yeah, that's that's fucking scary. How you could train someone where like it doesn't matter how many people you send up there, he's going to murder them all because that's what we train him to do is just murder. And now he's 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 crazy and he's loose and like <laughs> there's nothing y'all can fucking do about it, you know. And that, this is one of the reasons I love the hunted. Also, uh, I'm a big fan of. Jade, um, um, to be fair, I've never seen Jade, so I have no opinion <laughs> on Jade. Like, I think, like, people were like sharing around like the, the bit where apparently like Angie Everhart dies in that movie. I have no idea. I it's, it's, it's like the meet Joe Black thing, where like to me, it's in a vacuum. I have never seen the movie, so I can't. So, yes, this is insane, but I have no idea how this like relates to the movie as a whole. Nah, nah, it, uh, Jade, Jade is fun. Jade, Jade, Jade is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I do remember, um, one of my favorite comedies is the Forty Year Virgin. It has that moment in it. Where, yes, um, with David Caruso and Jay. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Um, um, but also, like uh, uh, after after he passed away, I had ordered, um, and I had been wanting to see it for a while. I just never pulled the trigger on it until after he passed away. But uh, I watched for the first time uh, The Guardian, which is a movie he apparently disowned. Um, in his autobiography, that's one of two movies uh, that he does not mention, that he does not talk about. Uh, the other one was uh, Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the, the other one was uh, I think was uh, what was it? 
steal of the century. I've uh, never read his book, so I cannot tell you. No, I haven't read it either, but I think it's Deal of the Century. Then that one stars Chevy Chase, and it's like, it's, it, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying to Danny the other day, I was just like, because after um, the other day, Chevy Chase was on Marin's podcast, and uh, one of the highlights um, was him being like, I wasn't fired from the community. I, it wasn't funny enough for me. I quit. And I was just like, it's funny how the, every fucking story Chevy Chase tells, he is like the hero of. And every story that literally everyone else who has worked with Jimmy Chase tells, he is the villain. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, um, it's the same thing with the memoirs of the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. um, which uh, Carpenter does not talk about either. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that was just a job for him, but also it's like, apparently, it's like he had a terrible time working with Chase. And it's like, who the fuck did it? Exactly. I mean, but to be fair, I, the reason I was telling the story to Danny was I was just like, I will say, um, Chevy Chase being a piece of shit did actually lead to two cool movies existing, um, because um, one of them being Christmas Vacation, which originally uh, Chris Columbus was directing and had such a fucking hell of a time dealing with Chevy Chase that he eventually quit uh, after just shooting at the exteriors. Like He did not even shoot any actual footage, I don't think, besides the, the exteriors. And because John Hughes also hated Chevy Chase. He was just like, oh, hey, I have a script for you uh, that I just like I just put in a drawer, but you can have it if you want. And that was Home Alone. And what they eventually did with Christification, I'm going to admit, was cool. God bless Jeremiah Chechik. Chech- yeah, Chech- I don't even know how to say his name anyway, so fuck it. Um, <laughs> and, then, um, and then fucking uh, Chris Columbus made fucking Home Alone. So like, we got two movies. And Chevy Chase being a piece of shit. So it's fine. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> like, the dead director, Jeremiah Chechik, like, I don't know how to say his name either, so I'm yeah. with you. Um, he, he's had, he had a weird career. Yes, because he, did. He, he did that. Uh, then he did the remake of uh, Diabolique. <laughs> um, which, which is funny, too, because uh, both the original Diabolique and um, The Wages of Fear, which uh, Sorcerer is a remake of, were both directed by the same guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, makes sense in this conversation, and then he directed uh, the 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 big screen adaptation of the Avengers, not yeah. Marvel's <laughs> The Avengers, <laughs> but the Avengers television show, which starred Patrick McNee and uh, Diana Rigg, um, which I actually Dude, saw. I didn't it. That existed when I was a kid. So like when they said they were doing Avengers, we were like, oh my god! And then like, I got then it was like I saw the trailer. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, is that Black Widow? I don't I don't know what's going on. Right, I was actually aware of of the the, the Avengers TV show because I, I had a book that really talked about old TV shows. Because like you know, as a kid, I was into the you know reading about film and television, so I was aware of the show. So I was like, oh, they're, they're making a movie of it. You know what I'm saying? That the, that was my because I hadn't seen the show yet, so that was my introduction to the whole property was that movie. And I actually went to see it in theaters, and I was like, okay, um, all right. And, and then and then I watched the show and I was like, yeah, they really fucked this up. <laughs> and I like, I don't even think he made anything again after that. I mean, like, I, I would imagine that once you lose people that much money, you probably don't get a lot of opportunities after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the Guardian um was actually um a job where he got with uh, it was supposed to be Sam Raimi directing it. 
Um, because it was uh, we talked about this before how Universal in in like the late eighties, early nineties became like a a good uh, place for for horror. Um, you know, we got like Phantasm two and Tremors and and the Child's Play series. Um, and Sam Raimi was there, uh, but he had left the Guardian to do uh, Darkman, which made sense. So, um, freaking took over. And, I just uh, realized I, this too because I didn't realize how you said it. Um, <laughs> the Guardian is what he did instead of Exorcist Three, because <laughs> it was the same yeah. year. <laughs> so right, he right. disowned. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, too bad you didn't do Exorcist Three, I guess. <laughs> no, and and it's funny too because you you could see like the the Ramiisms in it, but it's clear freaking like like I said uh, uh, after uh, in my review of it, it's it's essentially William freaking doing a, a AIP uh, Larry Cohen movie. Because uh, that's that's how it feels. I haven't but, seen it. Uh, I, I do want to watch it, but I have not seen it yet. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie. But apparently, um, freaking was such a headache. Uh, on working on a movie, he caused the writer to have like a nervous breakdown because all the changes. Like it, the script was done, but and freaking came on. He was like, "All right, uh, I, I want this in the movie. I, I want that, and I want that, and 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 this, that, and third. And the writer just lost his fucking mind, and that freaking took over writing in the movie. And then just was like, yeah, I I, I disowned this. <laughs> like, so what was the point? <laughs> well, he's. I mean, that, yeah. Like I remember that was the thing that was like also being passed around after he died. The whole nickname of Hurricane Billy, where it's like that was kind of his mo, where he was just like, come in. That's why like somebody was just like, uh, somebody made a meme of um like going back in time. To warn uh, William Friedkin not to re sorcerer against uh, Star Wars, it's like <laughs> fuck you, I'll beat that piece of shit movie, and it's the fucking like fuck you, you pencil neck geek, and I was just like, and I was just like, that actually does seem that seems legit. <laughs> like, I was like, I believe that he would be like, fuck you, yeah, I'll kick the shit out of that movie. What the fuck are you saying to me? Right, right. Like in all the the the, the uh, I mean, he acknowledges that, but like also. Uh, one of his reasons of Sorcerer Failing was that he said that he made a mistake in casting Roy Scheider in the lead role. Because so, Roy Scheider is not a lead actor. He's a second banana. He's a good actor, but uh, he deserves to be like secondary character, not the, not the main character. And it's like the the, the guy who's the, the, <laughs> exactly, the guy who's the, the star of Jaws and shit is not a good lead actor? What the fuck are you talking about, Billy? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, apparently, uh, the, um, he got the the nickname Hurricane Billy from this movie, from yeah. all the all, all the fucking chaos. Um, to this uh, day, I guess, like, um, that's why I was like, God bless fucking Ellen Burst to be able to walk around. Because I guess that was the whole thing is that like he fucking like pulled like you like did something to, like pull her backwards. Yeah, and she fell and broke her coccyx, like part of her back. Um, and that's their actual reaction is in the film. But it's like, God bless her being 90 with, like, a formerly broken coccyx, and she's still walking around doing an exorcist movie. God bless her. Uh, and uh, fucking, yeah, like, uh, the whole story of um, where she, like, took a gun that was loaded with blanks and fired it off next to fucking Jason fucking Miller's ear to get a shocked reaction, to which afterwards, I guess, Jason Miller was like, I'm a fucking actor. You do not need to fire a fucking gun next to my head for me to get a shocked reaction. That is my fucking job. Leave me alone. And like fucking Linda Blair, apparently to this day, 
can't, not only is she, did she fuck up her back during the whole thing where like there was yeah, her in the bed, but mm. to this day, apparently she cannot be cold because of the refrigerated sets where she was just in a fucking nightgown. And to this day, I guess, if she gets cold, she can't fucking stand it. So, like, basically, he was, I mean, yes, cocaine is a hell of a drug, but holy shit, did he go off on this fucking movie? No, yeah, he 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 was literally insane uh, on on the set of this movie. Like, yeah, uh, with the Ellen Burstyn thing, she she had asked him to, like the, the the guys pulling the wire, please don't pull me too hard. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they they related that to him, and it's like like she told us not to pull it hard. He was like, pull her extra hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember they was she was telling the story. She's just like, huh, like you know those guys, and it's like, no, that's fucking awful. You should have sued that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and uh, Jason Miller like was like, I'm, I'm gonna punch this motherfucker in the face. Like like, but like, I mean, even like even as we note that all these things he did was horrible. It's just it's just I, I can't even you know, be mad at him over it because like apparently he didn't give a fuck either. Cause like well, also, I... I mean, it was, it was the weird time where it's like, um, as I said, like at this time that it was released, it was the auteur era yeah. where basically like, because that was what audiences wanted clearly. Um, they let directors kind of do whatever the fuck they wanted as long as they got this great product. It wasn't until Heaven's Gate came along and ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was literally about to say that until Michael Cimino and Heaven Gate <laughs> fucked that all up for everybody. <laughs> um, but um, so like this was released during that like where it's like I feel like if you tried to do any of this now, it would be like so you're fired and we're calling the police. Um, whereas like back then it was like well he did make the French Connection, so like let's let let's see what he does. And then he made, like, one of the best movies of all time. Like, arguably one of the best horror movies ever fucking made. Like, I mean, I would say it's probably inarguable. But Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying, like, arguably. Well, I mean, I, there, are, there are some people who would probably argue it. I don't know. Um, but, like... Damn I, fools I, would argue it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Um, but, no, like, yeah, no, he made, like, this thing. And so that's why I do think he kind of got... He kept kind of get doing that. Because it was, like, that was just acceptable at the time. Um, but yeah, like, and I mean, to be fair, again, I do think that the final product that he made, I don't necessarily know it's worth all the suffering, but it did, it does really, really work in a way that like, it's funny because like, um, my kind of my favorite thing about it, watching it now, like I didn't understand this for like a long time, but, um, there's kind of, uh, the dichotomy that I never caught before is that, um, there's like, cause basically the whole thing is, uh, Reagan gets possessed by the Ouija board. Well, not, not by the Ouija board, but like by whatever she conjures with the Ouija board. Uh, Pazuzu calling itself Captain Howdy. Don't know why it's calling itself that. That's fine. Um, but like, so Reagan, Reagan gets possessed and then things start going wrong. Like she like pisses on the floor, um, at the dinner party, like all kinds of weird shit. And um as you do in real life, um she looks for and like a medical explanation. A logical answer, yeah. Yeah. And then the movie, like as it goes on, like it shows kind of this dichotomy between science and 
Call it religion, call it magic, call it mysticism, whatever you want to say. Supernatural. Uh, sure. Um, but it shows kind of the di- di- dichotomy where they're kind of both insane in to some extent or another. Because mm. like when you're watching what they're doing to this kid, basically so they don't have to acknowledge that it's a fucking demon, um, it's really fucked up shit. Like I remember like that the thing that I guess made most people back in the day uh fucking faint or vomit, or whatever wasn't any of the reagan like pea soup shit it yeah. was when they do the thing where she like they like put the little the, needle in her throat and, and the blood squirts out and i guess that freaked people the fuck out as it should but it's like when you're watching kind of the dichotomy of that it's really kind of interesting i never noticed that before but like where he's basically making a movie that's kind of like science versus like whatever supernatural mysticism whatever um but making it you know such a subtle way that he's not necessarily saying he's saying that they're wrong, but he's not saying like it's like this like this hardline stance of like um like religion is right and science is wrong. It's yeah. basically just like there are some things that exist that are unexplainable, and like we deal with that. And like also, I do like the thing that like, I cause, like I watched before because like on the uh, 4K, there's an intro from I guess 25 years ago, because uh, he's on the 25th anniversary, and I was just like, oh wow. Um, but um, where he is like talking about how it's a movie that you can kind of interpret um, however you'd like, where it's like, uh, if you want to interpret it as like, kind of like the power of good uh, overcomes, uh, I think that's, that's, that's the way I feel about it. Um, if you just want to feel about like, if you, if you only feel about like the negative in the world, whatever, that's there too. Um, and I do think that's true. Like, I do think the thing is like, I do think, um, ultimately, the movie, I think, is kind of beautiful in the sense that, like, um, the whole thing of it is kind of boils down to, because the whole, basically, the plot is, I mean, obviously, there is the whole thing I already mentioned with Reagan. And then simultaneously, simultaneous to that plot is, um, the second, the secondary kind of plot is uh, Damien Karras is a priest uh, who is also a psychiatrist, psychologist, um, who's losing his faith. And um, so it's like kind of these two stories that kind of intertwine. And in the end, um, I do love where it's like when he goes in, he does not believe that like he like he's like he's a scientist, even though he's a priest and he's like, this is bullshit. And then um, it's not until like he actually like realizes what it is. And that's why at the very end, I got love where like he goes in. And like Marin's been killed by the demon, uh, which why when you said that he was in two, I was like, what the fuck? Um, but um, how it's, pre- it's, it's, it's prequel footage. Oh, okay. Um, but then like there's the whole thing of um, and where he's like he like basically just grabs Reagan and he's like, just take me, just take me, and then finally the demon does like it jumps into him and he takes that moment to jump out the window and kill himself and kill it and like basically in turn, kill the demon, um, or at least try. I mean, Exorcist 3 obviously shows that he didn't, but... <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, he did not. <laughs> um, but um, that's, why I, that's why I said for, like, a long time, I was like, I feel like it works as a standalone more than it works, it really needs any sequels or prequels. Um, not saying, again, I'm not insulting Exorcist 3, but, um, but I do think that that idea is really powerful, where it's like he gives his life in the end to save this girl from a demon when he, not that much long, longer before that, wasn't even sure if any of this was real. 
And it's just like, it's just really, I think it's really just fascinating. Um, and I do love like the performances. Like I think that I was like, I think it's funny because like I had read recently that I guess they originally had cast Stacy Keach as Karis. Like they had cast him. Not, not like not like they 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 like whatever made an offer. They had paid him. And then like for whatever reason, um like Jason Miller wanted it and uh screen tested for it and when uh can uh freaking saw it he was like he's perfect i need him <laughs> so they were like oh hey stacy keach so um we're gonna pay you but you're not gonna be in the movie so um bye uh, and then just kind of like and i was like i can't picture anybody but jason miller in that part right. um i think is like i do think that like he is as much as the movie is about Reagan and like I know that like Linda Blair got away for an Oscar even though <laughs> people didn't understand that it was like the whole various smoke and mirrors things that made that performance um but like to me the heart of the movie and like the best part of the movie is Jason Miller's fucking performance oh yeah no yeah totally um uh, Jason Miller's I mean the the, the horror stuff is you know uh goes without saying but it's, it's jason miller that holds the movie together um he's just fantastic and like you know the whole thing with him losing his faith also like you know uh dealing with uh, the declining health of his mother and it's like that is one of the big reasons why like you know he realized that you know he, he needs to be near here like he's like i shouldn't have accepted this job you know what i'm saying i, I, I like that moment where they're like you're the best we got and it's like uh at, at what essentially <laughs> you know what I'm saying then it's like oh that's right he's a psychiatrist you know what i'm saying and you know he he's a priest but like he he's a logical thinker and like when chris finally meets with him like he's trying to like fucking because i like it when, when she's having the big meeting with the doctors and they like you know they can't figure out you know there's like so many doctors in the room and they just cannot figure out what the fuck is wrong with reagan so the one doctor brings up like oh like possession and he's like he's saying it in a way that's just like almost like patronizing. You know well, he, like, yeah, I, I, basically I like the way he presents it, where he's just like, I don't believe in this, but like clearly she has something. So it's like if you do the exorcism, um, theoretically, then that would work out whatever is wrong with her brain. Like he wasn't, yeah. he's not presenting it like he believes as an actual demon. Like she's presenting that, it like she's fucking she's, crazy mm-hmm. and like this will fix her. Yeah, like maybe like if like if she's exercised, she will believe that you know what I'm saying whatever is, has taken over her body is gone. So maybe she will get better. Like you know, he's he's a real fucking asshole about it. And then like when she does meet with Karis, Karis is like, you know, lady, you know. Let, let, let me be honest with you. This is all kind of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah, you know, I love that he he brings up where he's just like, um, he's like you knowing the word exorcism is more than most of us even know. It's just like it's like it's not a thing. It's like he's like it was a thing back in the day before people understood mental illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And she's just like, just just take a fucking look at her, dude. Like, just please, please. And then he's like, all right. And then you know, it's just like. He doesn't believe it, but he, he really there's something there. So like he he wants to continue uh, checking in on her, and I think when it finally connects with him is when Sharon calls him in the middle of the night to come look at Reagan laying in the bed, and it starts writing "Help yeah. me" in her stomach, which is uh, like 
I went when they were re- the version you've never seen. I, I uh, me and a bunch of high school buddies went to see it, and uh, we had real no intentions of paying attention to the movie. Um, and it was just a group of us fucking just fucking around in the theater, and I could tell like the rest of the audiences were hating us. But um, it, it was me and a bunch of us, particularly my friend Omar, and Omar. Had was watching the movie and he had got like I guess he'd gotten into it and he got fed up with us so he moved away and, and I noticed that and then like I started paying attention to the movie and then I moved and sat with him so both of us could just watch the movie you know what I'm saying and then like that that was the moment like that really hooked me was like right there you know because I had seen it before but I've never really you know, I'm a kid you know what I'm saying fucking I'm not paying that's attention that's what I'm saying I, the first time I watched it I was bored as shit yeah um but that's when it was just like that moment right there where like help me starts being written in her stomach um it was just like I, I found absolutely chilling and that's the the moment that also hooks Karis where he's like there there's something else you know otherworldly going on here even though like to 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 the point like when the exorcism finally is about to take place and they like Marin shows up I like how like Marin is essentially the title character and he doesn't show up until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I mean, he does show up in the beginning, um, like they're doing the excavation and shit, but like he doesn't really make an appearance in the story until the final 20 minutes. And he's the title character. I mean, like I, I would also argue... have a note. I didn't, it's funny. Cause like, I didn't realize for years. Cause like, I mean, it made sense because like, obviously uh, the way that time works, but like when I watched it, I never got that it was like makeup, like to make him look older um, until, until watching it in 4K. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's definitely makeup. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely chalk in his hair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it still looks good and shit, but no, it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah you know, when but... I first saw um, Back to the Future uh, in like the higher definition, I was just like, Oh wow! <laughs> it was just like these were not meant to be seen this level of definition. No, yeah, totally. Like you look at fucking George and Lorraine, especially uh, Doc Brown and shit. Yeah. Like that is that is definitely old age makeup on them. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like like the like you know how like you used to put like glue on your hand yeah, and exactly. shit to create. Yes. That's what it looks like they did to them. <laughs> but um, like yeah, they actually in, in part two, like I mentioned the uh, um. Because there's, there's sort of like prequel elements in it, like shows, um, which is weird. That uh, I mean, it it actually makes sense when when you think about it. Because um, Exorcist Two turned out to so horribly that why they eventually did Exorcist the beginning to show like the the like Marin's uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they had Paul Schrader make a movie and they were like, well, we can't release this. So it was like, hey, Randy Harlan, what do you want to do? And they were just like, well, that didn't work. Hey, Paul Schrader, come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> and neither of these are actually very good. Although, uh, to be honest, I, I do prefer uh, the beginning because it, it is. <laughs> it, it, that is a wild fucking movie. Like, like just a, a pure, like, uh, visceral horror level. It's like, because, you know, Rennie Harlan came from horror. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, he, he knows how to get the shocks yeah, so in I, there. I know. Shit. Cutthroat Island. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's why it was right there. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's rad as fuck. Um <laughs> but um you actually like you actually see uh uh Max von Sydow without the old age makeup um in there because like it shows his original battle with uh Pazuzu. Um 
And so you get to see like him outside of the makeup, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, you know, like, oh shit, I, I, I keep forgetting that um, Max Monsito was not an old man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he made this. He was actually quite young and shit, you know what I'm saying? Until like you watch like, what was it, The Force Awakens? And it's like, Actually, pretty accurate, you know what I'm saying? To yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it, it, yeah, no, like, Force Awakens, and actually, the thing I actually I thought of was um, the Wolfman, uh, the one that with Benicio. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in that too. Although, I think it was only the um, I want to say he was only in the extended cut, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, um, I do, yeah, no, like it, it definitely it definitely worked out, like it's like it, it did look like how he looked when he got older. Uh, but no, I, and I think he's good in the movie too. It's just yeah, like it's like I think like Jason Miller and I, I mean also Ellen Burstyn. Um, oh yeah. I mean, and not to say like Little Blair is like I, I feel like I okay, I feel like I accidentally kind of insulted Little Blair. I didn't mean to. Um, I don't. I think that she's actually she is good in the movie, but the thing is, I know the reason that she was nominated for an Oscar was because nobody knew about like Mercedes McCambridge doing like the, all the, like the yeah. demon speak basically. And um, they had uh, like little bits here and there where they had like another actress for like certain stuff. Yeah. Um, so, to, so it's like people were like, "Oh my god, this child is the best fucking actor in history!" And then it was just like, "Oh, <laughs> like, um, but like because, but like I will say, but like in the end, yes, Mercedes McCambridge is doing that like the dialogue and stuff, but like, the demon dialogue, but like still." the facial expressions are still hers. Like yeah. it's all, um, it's still her. Like it's just like, so it's like, I feel, I, I feel like I've been, I accidentally insulted her. And I didn't mean to like, uh, I think yeah. that she is also very good in the movie. Yeah. Um, like she's I mean, not as good. I would say as Ellen Burstyn and Jason Miller, but she is very good. She holds her up. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the revelation that Mercedes McCambridge was doing the voice is essentially what lost, um, because once uh, Oscar, you have been nominated for Oscar, that nomination cannot be rescinded. Yeah. So they could not take it back. But uh, it was clear after that why she didn't win the Oscar was before. Because, uh, like, the whole controversy was like, oh, that's not real performance. But, like, it, physically, it's her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially with, like, the thrashing and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you get, you got to at least give her credit for that because she was doing all that. Like, she was the one freezing her fucking ass off in that room, <laughs> not Mercedes McCambridge. So, you at least give her some fucking credit. You know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, she's great, too. Like, I mean, like, it, it, it could be said that this is a movie that made Ellen Burson, like, uh, a, a big deal in, in Hollywood. Like, you know, she went from this to right after that, I believe she did uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, saying, like, you know, she had multiple great performances especially the i did like there was a story that i heard where apparently uh, when she was shooting alice didn't live here anymore um when she was shooting it she would go see the exorcist um and she saw somebody in the crowd uh like this woman who i guess was like going up to like vomit and she like fainted in the lobby and um so she like stayed with her until like somebody else showed up but then she left because she was like i don't want to be here when she wakes up and that's going to freak her out that much more. <laughs> so she <laughs> was just like, she was very caring and also very logical. <laughs> yeah, like, let me get the fuck out of here. Like, there's that, that one great story where, um, that reminds me of that one great story where, uh, uh, when, uh, Henry, portrait of a serial killer, uh, finally started getting released. Um, they were like, they were showing screenings of it and uh, Michael Rooker was late to one of the screenings. Like, so he's trying to like hurry up and get there and he runs into the theater. And at the same time, this woman has become very sickened 
by what's happening. And she's like, I have to leave. And as she's leaving the theater, she runs into Michael Rooker trying to get to the screening and screams her fucking head off and ran out of the theater. <laughs> You're leaving Henry the movie to run to Henry himself. <laughs> Poor thing was probably traumatized. You know what I'm saying? It's like like that moment in Bachelor Party when like they're they're watching the 3D movie and Tom Hanks and the, the asshole fighting. <laughs> like what was it? She like uh there's wow, these 3D effects are great and I've seen better. And then she gets socked right in the face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what happened there. <laughs> No, but yeah, um, like I mean, like 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 we say, like the the cast is great, but um, yeah, Ellen Burstyn is just absolutely amazing in the movie. Like, like when she's um, just ranting to the doctors, you know what I'm saying? That uh, like you know, like all of you with your your bullshit, you know, just tell me what's fucking wrong with my daughter, you know what I'm saying, and all that shit. And it's just like it, it, it's it's she, she's incredibly believable as a mother. Is just like like dude. Just, just somebody just tell me what's wrong with her, please. And not just as a mother, but like, like she's playing like a famous actress, yeah, who's dealing with this shit. So it's like, so she has all of these resources, and it's still coming up to nothing. Yeah, that's what that's what I say. It's like I, I always like for for a while, like I question, like why, why, why does she need to be a famous actress? Then it's like, oh, then it makes sense because, um, you know, so like like you said, she has all these resources at her disposal disposal to, to to like to make uh, like her child better and she can't there's literally nothing she can do so it's just like you know she goes to her last resort which is you know i, I like how she says it too like you're sending me to a witch doctor you know what i'm saying like they're like oh yeah you know what i'm saying just try it out see see how it works and shit you know what i'm saying and then you know at least like my my daughter is possessed by a fucking demon holy shit um i, I like it then um but one one thing, um, I, I also love you were talking about this earlier. You know, what I'm saying like how Karis, even going toward the end, he still is kind of like doubtful, and like, and I love it. Like it's all the way up to like right before him and Marin about to perform the exorcism, and he's like telling Marin like, a, oh, like a, a Reagan has manifested three different personalities, and Marin quickly corrects him. There's only one. You know what I'm saying? And that that that's actually my favorite moment in the movie. Like. You know, none of your logical bullshit in here. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, this is this is what's happening, and like, just you know, get with it. And then, like, you know, they go in there, like they 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 start exercising Reagan, and uh, it's just the really where everything just starts coming to a head for Karis. You know what I'm saying? When it starts uh, talking in his mother's voice, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, it, it literally just gets to him to the point where Marin has to kick him out of the room. It's like you're no good to me. Like you know, just 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 get out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and 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 I love all that. I love all that. I love all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I mean, Marin is essentially the, like the title character, and like uh, Reagan essentially like you know, I guess you could say like the main character. I mean, I don't really see it. That if there's a main character to me, it's Karis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but like, there's there's multiple like. Uh, well, actually, like, there's kind of the two there's kind of two parallel stories. So there's kind of two parallel main characters where like, I feel like Ellen Burstyn is the yeah. main character of that story, and then like, uh, Jason Miller is main character of that story, and then they intertwine. Yeah, but but I think um, 
like the, the audience is probably more interested in 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 Chris and Reagan's side of the story, you know, because of all the horror theatrics. But I'm much more invested in Kara's story. Yeah. Like, you know, his whole question of faith, you know what I'm saying? He's a priest who's just lost his faith. You know what I'm saying? What, what, you know, what good is he? You know what I'm saying? And then the, this whole experience is, uh, you know, forces him to, like, just reevaluate everything. You know, so it's where he finds it again is why he's, like, for that split second, he's able to beat Pazuzu right before he throws himself out the window because it completely overtakes him. And then you see, like, right before he jumps out the window, Pazuzu goes away. Right before, like you know, he you know, he he regains his faith enough for a point to where he like he could take back his body to throw himself out the window, you know, and like that that's the shit that, that keeps me invested in this movie years and years and years later. Um, we also note that uh, like he falls down was been since the movie's releases the exorcism steps yes. the exorcist steps which which i i would love to visit i, w- I would love to, to, to go visit See, the thing. i feel like i i would like i, I feel like if i happen to be in the area but it's like everybody takes pictures of the exorcist steps i'm like i mean yes it's cool because they're iconic but like they're just fucking steps <laughs> like it's just like it's like when everybody was fucking um taking like pictures and shit on the joker steps i was just like <laughs> They're just fucking steps. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, yo, yo, and and like, I live in the Bronx, so I know like how how like the I, I don't live too far from the from that area. Like, maybe like fifteen minutes uh, drive, and um, people in the neighborhood were like fucking just un- completely annoyed by all the tourists showing up to take pictures. Like, they would start throwing shit at the people taking pictures. On the like, you want to go do the dance and shit, you get a bottle or a fucking apple thrown at you and shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's like, that's what happens in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, um, like, uh, after, <laughs> we should know the, another uh, crazy thing uh, of, of, you know, Hurricane Billy was, uh, Yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> the actor father Dyer, who who is who is, who is actual uh, priest was an actual priest. He has since passed away, I believe. Um, he was he was not a real actor. He was actually a priest. Um, was like like he's the one who comes to Karis after he's fallen on seven and performs the last rites on him, you know, and is basically you know holding him in his last moments, as as well. As as he seemingly passed away yeah. in three, we find out he didn't. You know what I'm saying? But he he wasn't getting the the the, the performance right that freaking wanted. So freaking like like you know between takes calls him over like I think his name is a uh, father William O'Malley, and he goes like Hey, come over here and say What's up? Say you're not you're not getting it. And, you know says All right, so what do you want me to do? And he goes You trust me? Like, yeah. And slapped them right across the face. I said, "All right, rolling, let's go." <laughs> and when you see the uh, Dyer's hand shaking, that's really his hand shaking because he was so unnerved and 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 furious that he'd just been slapped by another grown man for a movie that he like he was just literally shaking and 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 crying and shit because it's like like he's a priest, but he's probably like. I want to go beat his ass so fucking bad right now. Slap him with the hand of God right now. Like, I mean, I think I would have. You know, ain't no grown man slapping me across the face. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Priest or not and shit. We gonna beef, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but I like how like you bring the, the you you brought those moments up to, to freaking and he's just like, so? 
Like, yeah. like, did you do that? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like when they said, did you really fire a gun on set? No, I did not. I fired multiple guns on set. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like he was a bastard, but he was also a pure joy. You know, what yeah, in some cases, I think he was also he was well. It's also like if you watch interviews with him, like I do think he was like he just. I mean, I think he just is a normal, affable guy. I just think he's also enough of an artist to be like, I want what I want, and I'm going to get it whenever I fucking have to. It's like the whole thing. I remember like this story of um. Like, for a long time, I guess, uh, James Cameron was a fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah. Um, and somebody called him a perfectionist. He's like, no, I'm a rightist. We do it until it's fucking right, and then we move on. And I was like, that's my thing. Was like, I feel like um, Freak is kind of a more extreme version of that. Um, but like, if you watch it, there's like, um, there's a, um, I think it's still on there. Uh, there's a thing on Shudder. Um, where basically it's like him just talking. It's like, it's basically, it's like, it's like, it's like, and I'm thinking it's a documentary in quotes, but really it's just like, basically it's like a long form. It's almost like a kind of like a monologue by Friedkin mm-hmm. um, about the making and stuff. And it's fascinating. And I think that like, the thing is like, I do think that he is, he is fucking brilliant. Like, I do think that like he, as I said, like I was like, I, it's like the whole thing that's come up we, yet again. I feel like fucking Dr. Manhattan. Um, yet again, we're having Martin Scorsese discourse. Um, <laughs> it's 2023. We're having Martin Scorsese discourse. It's 2020. We're having Martin Scorsese discourse. It's 2017. We're having Martin Scorsese discourse. Um, but um, it's kind of the same thing where it's like um, the whole thing of guys who manage to not only just change with the times, but manage because like, a lot of filmmakers, this is like a lot of filmmakers literally can't like it's like i think they want to but it's like the whole thing i remember that was holding with like quentin tarantino i'm like i saw a thing recently with christopher nolan where like, they asked him about quentin tarantino's thing where he's like he's gonna stop at 10 he's always said he was gonna stop at 10 um stop at 10 movies and um christopher nolan being like um he is such a it's it's the per, it's the perspective of a cinephile of somebody who prizes film history, who is like, he's like, he's always been very gracious in not saying specifically who he's talking about, but he's like, uh, we're talking about like filmmakers who, if you can't work at the same level, you shouldn't at all. Yeah. And um, he's, and Christopher Nolan's like, I don't think, he's like, I, he's like, basically was like, I think that's, if that's what he is, what he, what he wants, then that's fine. Um, I don't think that I could do that in terms of like, letting anyone else tell me that I'm not working at the cell. Like, I'm still going to keep doing stuff for as long as I feel like I can. Um, yeah. And it's kind of my whole thing with like, uh, like freaking Scorsese. Cause they're really good examples of guys who didn't fall off that fucking cliff. Cause many directors yeah. do many, many, like some of the best fucking directors ever fall off a fucking cliff and just like, not so they make bad work, but they just make really fucking mediocre work that nobody cares about. Like, and yeah. those yeah, it's never like, <laughs> No, no, yeah, like it's 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 the it's the Nas conversation all over the Illmatic conversation, mm-hmm. where like you know you make a work so great that like although your later work is good, it just doesn't compare to your earlier shit. Um, I mean, we we talked about that uh, when we discuss uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, arguably one of the greatest filmmakers of all <laughs> I wasn't time. Naming Coppola, but yes, I was implying <laughs> that Coppola was one. Uh, yeah, because like you know, uh, I mean. He still makes good work. Like I'm waiting for that fucking epic. The the what was it? The Megalopolis. Uh, yeah. Uh, um. 
agree to disagree, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when when you're a filmmaker that like you know, you 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 did Godfather one and two and uh, um. Uh, the outside yeah apocalypse now to to me is one of those films where it's just like in order to understand cinema as an art form that's one of the movies you 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 have to watch like you know conversation yeah oh the conversation is just arguably my favorite movie of his my Uh, favorite is apocalypse now but yeah i love yeah uh, yeah, no i think like he he, but for a period he was operating at the highest possible level yeah and then he is burned out and that's the the case with a lot of fucking directors where they just like they're making great stuff and then one day i don't and then i don't think it's like necessarily like uh i used to do this like back in the day because this actually it's funny that like we're doing this right as like netflix dvd by mail is ending um is that um when i was younger um i would basically like between the local video store and netflix i would just basically watch a director's entire career and like you basically see like the build and then you kind of see like the start of the drop and sometimes with their last gasp, like they make one last great movie, and then but it then drops off. And there's very rare examples where like there's guys who never, like I mean I wouldn't say like it's in the cases of both like Scorsese and uh, Friedkin, would I say that anything they made in like their later years was as good as like their best stuff? Like would I say that like um, the Wolf of Wall Street is as good as like fucking Taxi Driver? No, I would not say that. But the fact that fucking the same guy made both movies fucking decades apart is impressive. Like the fact that he still was making movies that were that enjoyable at that level at that point is still impressive. So it's like, yeah, no, I don't think like bug is as good a movie as the exorcist or uh fucking uh, sorcerer or French connection, whatever. Um, but I do think, especially for like that, the fact that he was doing it at that time in his career, at that time in his life, the fact that he was still doing stuff and still taking chances, that also in and of itself is, I think, worthy of praise. Like, the balls of that, where he's doing these, like, little low-budget fucking movies and making... And like, it's like, it feels like that was released in the midst of, like, horror, like, being, like, back. When, like, but, but when horror was, like, back, a lot of what you we were getting was, like, remakes and stuff. And not to say, like, that those were all bad, because many of them were great. Um... Many of them were shit, and some were like mid. Um, and but like the but like the fact that he was doing this in that era is fucking cool as shit to me because like he was still wanted to do interesting work in a time that a lot of people weren't that interested in doing that. Mm. No, yeah, totally. You know, he he was still operating on a higher level, where it's just like he may not have been as good as he once was. But he was still operating at a level where it's just like, uh, like his new contemporaries. He's still operating at a level where it's like I, I could keep up with the young guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The young guys are coming out doing their thing, but I could still keep up with them. Like same thing as with Scorsese. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, like Coppola's people. Like I think that they're at the point where they don't give a shit about like you know, competing against them. And then I don't not, not to say freaking and Scorsese. Where we're thinking about that too. It's just that they could, because you know what I'm saying, they're still at a at a top level of 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 their 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 career. Um but yeah, man, like fucking freaking the and it was like it, it I think like why uh 
he he held on um in relevancy for so long too is just because he was just such an entertaining motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like I loved, the, the thing that got passed around that I loved was like um the bit from the interview when um Oliver Stone apparently said that DVDs only lasted ten years. And uh, he's like, what the fuck? I have DVDs that weren't 10 years old. Like, they still were fun. And, like, um, and he's just, like, he, and, like the, the interviewer was like, he doesn't want people to watch Alexander on DVD. And he's like, fuck him and fuck Alexander. I know, yeah. It was like, he was like, how the fuck does he know? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like, yeah. He said, like, I got fucking DVDs as older. It's like, oh, he said on the, the, um, the Alexander commentary. It's like, he's full of shit. So, yeah, he did, I think he said because he didn't want people to fuck him in, Alexander. And to, like, to, to be fair, I co-sign fuck Oliver Stone and fuck Alexander. Like, no, like, I remember when uh, uh, Stone was recently... Except for one scene in Alexander. But other than that, fuck Alexander. One scene. Uh, yes, I, 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 I'm very aware of which scene you're talking about, and I agree. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the greatest scene of all of cinema, and also the rest of the movie exists. Yeah. Um... Uh, there, there was also the like after he passed away. Um, oh, like yeah, like I was saying, um, when Oliver Stone was recently in the news, where he said he watched John Wick four on a plane and he thought it was terrible. Like uh, I quote tweeted that with "fuck him and Alexander." <laughs> <laughs> but then also, um, there was that famous uh, in, in, like sit down he did with a uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, um. Yeah. Which, which I think people misinterpreted because I think Refn was joking. I don't think he was entirely serious about uh, saying that only God forgives is a masterpiece. And uh, Freaky was chiding him on that. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> <laughs> we need a doctor for this man. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, I think it's a, who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? If you think that's a, a, a masterpiece, then what is Citizen Kane? He said, like, oh, I think Citizen, Citizen Kane is a great movie. But only God forgives is a masterpiece. And the way he just looks at the camera like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like for, for, for the longest time, I think I'm still up there uh, uh, um the, the cover image on uh, my Twitter account is that shot of freaking looking at the camera. After <laughs> he t- Ruffin just said that, like, is, is he serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? And then um, there was also an interview where uh, he was asked uh, about uh, something Al Pacino had said. Um, and he had worked with Pacino on Cruising, which is also a fantastic which movie. Which apparently they did not have a good time together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what he said, the uh, I don't give a fuck. Like, what was it? The 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 what the fuck did he say? It was it something about I don't give a flying fuck through a rolling donut? What Al Pacino says, <laughs> like that's a very weird freaking thing to say. <laughs> like, like he also called John Borman an asshole and a moron for making uh, you know, say this movie was this movie was made by a fucking moron. <laughs> you know, say <laughs> like. John Borman also made Deliverance, but yeah, I guess he's, I suppose you're right. He also made Exorcist 2 and Zardos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I, like, I think that's a lot of the reason why uh, he held on to, like, you know, relevancy as long as he did. Not just because, like, as you stated, like, he was still making excellent work real late into his life. Man was in post-production on the movie when he died. Um, that's just uh, coming out now. Um, but he was just such a fucking entertaining dude. You know what I'm saying? Just to sit there and watch him talk and like tell his stories and just like 
not not give one single solitary fuck about like how his reputation was after like a lot of like the shit that he pulled on like the exorcist and sorcerer and, and all that shit like oh you're a monster and I got the movie made, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it got done, right? Shut the fuck up. You know, I made my like, day. What the fuck do you want from me? Right. Like, as it's just like, like, yeah, like, you see, like, like you mentioned James Cameron, but there's also Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, who's known for just being like a complete asshole on set. Um, I, I, I think that there's a difference with Bay, like, you know, I, I, you disagree, but uh, Bay is like he's he's a considerable artist. You know what I'm saying? What he does, he does well. Is is in, in I'm my not opinion. disagreeing with that. I love Michael Bay. I just hate That's... fucking Transformers Four and Five. Well, I think I haven't seen Five. I hate Transformers Four. But you call it like, um, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I think it's a different level of filmmaking because he's doing like he does really well at like commercial filmmaking. You know what I'm saying? Like like getting like you know. D- delivering big movie, big movies, studio movies for 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 summer audiences and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? He does that well. Whereas freaking is just is more importantly just making art. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and is do I agree with a lot of the shit he pulled? No, I, I can't say that I do because a lot of that shit is just like, like, dude, that's fucked up. Come on. You know what I'm saying the the firing the guns next to people's ears, like you know, you could make that motherfucker deaf, right, dude? You know what I'm saying? You could blow out eardrums to telling them to pull Ellen Burstyn harder. You know what I'm saying to the point where she broke shit in her back. You know what I'm saying? And you're just like, eh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that's asshole shit. But you know, I, I respect the man as a filmmaker, though. Still, I was just it's like, it's it's a weird thing where it's just like. Yeah, you're a dick, but I respect you. You know what I'm saying? So what can I say? Is it hypocritical? Uh, I believe so and shit, but, you know. Uh, I, mean, I don't think it, it's hypocritical. It, I mean, it's by virtue of the fact that you can still, like, I think I was like, I mean, just because you don't necessarily agree with somebody's methods doesn't mean that you can't appreciate the product. Yeah. And like, you know, that whole, uh, we coming back to the separating the art from the artist. And it's like, I don't, in this case, I don't need to I, separate I, him. I just like, yeah. like, cause it's like, it's not like it's a matter of like Victor Salva where like, I like yeah. deeper creepers despite not thinking he's a good person. Um, but like, in this case, it's like, I don't necessarily like, I don't think Freakin's a bad person. I just yeah. I mean, like, I just, I do. I think that his methods that he employed were less than great. Yes, I do. Do I think that like that in any way, like invalidates the product? No, absolutely not. No, nah, yes. The same here. It's just like, you know, I, 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 even if that was the case, I don't even know if I really want to, you know what I'm saying? You know, because it's just like, you know, it's, just, it's, you know, artists suffer for their art, you know what I'm saying? And um, he, he made sure everybody else suffered for the art, but, you know, he, like, his art is just, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like real pretentious here. His art is magnifique. Mwah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just—he was damn sure one of the fucking best to ever do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like this, this, this world is going to be a sadder place without him around. You know what I'm saying? Not just without his films, but it was just about like him as a person himself and shit. Because it's just like this—I uh, I could literally sit there and watch all days just interviews with him and shit, and just like you know, like it, it was kind of like that thing. Like because I remember, um, 
uh, Harry Humphreys, who's like, you know, one of the military advisors and like stunt coordinators on like a lot of uh, Michael Bay's movies. And he said Michael Bay was like uh, um, really uh, fascinated and obsessed with like with working with a giant because um, Harry Humphreys had worked on The Abyss with James Cameron. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like in training the Navy SEALs and all that shit, like, you know, Michael Bean's character on there. And my, Michael Bay would be like, uh, hey, like, what was he like? Da, 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 da. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, I'm offset. He's he's a pretty cool guy to chill with, but when you work with him, he's an asshole. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I think that fits freaking best. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was like, you know, he's a great guy, but he's an asshole and shit. But like, you know, be damned if he wasn't the best to ever do it. One of the very best to ever do it. You know. Okay, and on that note, um, I'm hoping that despite you know the loss of William Friedkin, uh, and the sadness we all feel, you can all you know experience the joy uh, of him with this episode and you know other episodes of our show. Um, which you can find on any uh, available uh, podcast app, uh, podcatcher, if you will, uh, like perhaps Audible, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify is our home, whatever. Uh, and also we're on literally now every social media, Facebook, Twitter, Blue Sky, well, sorry, X, uh, Blue Sky, <laughs> um, whatever the fuck. Um, and I personally would like to just note, I mean, I've said it many times uh, on Twitter while well, it was still Twitter, um and still i have said it i continue to say it well it's been x is that like um i truly appreciate um everyone that has listened everyone who will hopefully continue to listen um uh i mean yeah, yes i shit talked fritz for coppola but that shouldn't come between us uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um and everyone who has said a nice thing Everyone who has retweeted, reposted, whatever the fuck, uh, one of our episodes, uh, anyone who's referenced one of our episodes, um, anyone who has in any way, like, said anything nice about anything that we have done, it truly does, every time it happens, give me joy and makes me really happy. And, like, because to be told, I mean, I have said many times, and this is the absolute truth, um, I honestly would do it even if nobody listened to it just because i like recording this with rob so like even if we had no one or like maybe one person i would still want to keep doing it because i love it um and because i guess years of punk rock has basically like given me the idea that like that's all that matters like if you're playing in front of two people or you're playing in front of 200 people you have the exact same level of artistry and joy in your performance so i definitely would do it regardless but the fact that there are people that care means a lot to me so like i just want everyone to know uh if you're hearing this um and you've listened to this one you've listened to any other one it means the world to me i i appreciate you i appreciate you rob um for all that you've done and like as we like this like us being friends and our partnership means more to me than anything, even more than the show, more than anything else. More like it's like you are like among I don't rank friends. Like I remember back when uh, MySpace made you have a top eight that was so stressful and I did not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I don't rank friends, but like you are like one of the most important people in my life. 
and doing this is the highlight of my week every week. So like, I just, I hope that we keep doing this for not only another year, but for many years to come. Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree. This, this is definitely the, 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 the one thing that's keeping me sane at this point is doing this show with Patrick. And it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it really was always been about when it came to, you know, doing, doing this show was just like, I mean, if, if, Blows up big, becomes super famous. I mean, that's fine. That's just, I don't really give a shit about that. It's just, you know, whether it's like 100 people listening, 10 people listening, 1 people listening, you know, talking some 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 great movies with Patrick is, is just what really all that matters. It's just talking to Patrick in general because Patrick is one of my greatest friends and uh, I love you, bro. Love you uh, I, I couldn't think of anybody better to do this with. And um, here's to not just another year, but many more years to come doing this, you know what I'm saying? Because there are a thousand million slash movies and monster movies out there that we could talk about because that, that genre is endless. Both genres are endless. <laughs> I was like, they're both, and plus we can stretch the fuck out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if it doesn't fit, we'll make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but... Uh, I just wanted to say that, and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next time. Uh-oh.